0: like persons better than principles, and I like persons with no principles better than anything else in the world. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the We Read Books Podcast. Heck yeah. Where we read books and then talk at length about them until you're just sick and tired of it.
0: (laughs) Or maybe until you somehow enjoy it.
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy the whole thing. I would hope so. Yeah. I Uh, mean, I'll listen to a multi-hour podcast about a book I like.
0: Yeah, I prefer longer podcasts.
1: I do too, honestly. If if I'm going to listen to a podcast, I'd rather it
0: be at least an hour. Right. And if you've made it to this episode, which I'm not sure what number it is today, but...
1: Um, <laughs> it's our eighth book. I know
0: that. Yes. So it might be our tenth, tenth? episode? Because we've uh, got the... Oh, that yeah. one book was in two, two episodes, and then we have the movie discussion. So I think this might be episode ten.
1: I think you're correct. We're
0: super organized over here. But ah. if you've made it to this episode, you clearly like the long ramblings. So,
1: And 10 episodes is like a fully like round. Some people do like 10 episode seasons for their podcast. So right, this is season one.
0: Right. We're, We're just going to keep trucking until.
1: Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to do seasons or anything. But, no. You know. Big number 10. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, that's Whitney. And
0: that's Maddie.
1: And you can find us on the interwebs at we read books pod on Instagram. We read books pod on TikTok. And we read books pod two, at gmail.com. And if you hear the background noise, Dakota is mowing, so.
0: It's that time, people. We've gotten some rain and the grass has started growing again.
1: It's flourishing out there. <laughs> um, luckily, we're getting rain.
0: Yeah. If it- flourishing means less brown, then my yard is also flourishing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I personally love the rain. It could rain for three weeks and I would be just... About it, yeah.
0: I, I I enjoy a little sunshine, but I will say if I'm trying to watch a movie, that thing better be hiding behind a cloud because if it's putting a glare on my TV, I'm gonna be a little perturbed.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and
0: like so many movies and shows now are super dark. So dark, you need night vision goggles. To watch these suckers! I
1: couldn't even see the entire last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> like that shit was just a black screen. Just like, Ooh, uh, is that a dragon tail? <laughs> that's a blonde one. You could see that head. I saw a flash of light. <laughs> <laughs> that literally the whole eighth season. You're just like, I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> but so for people out there creating television shows, lighten it up. You know. I did hear uh, the Game of Thrones podcast that I listened to, Bendini, the they were talking about how people had like altered the settings on their TV mm-hmm. so that they could actually see what was happening and then it was enjoyable. And like, no. <laughs> Film for the standard TV settings because yeah. I have no... I'll, really fuck it up. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> Then you won't be able to get back to normal for <laughs> exactly. your regular viewing program.
1: We'll be watching regular TV
0: and it'll just be unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what doesn't suffer from being too dark? Books. That's true. I gotta do a shine a light and you're good. Exactly. No setting changes required. That's right. And when the
1: electricity goes out? Candle. Candle and you're good. Yep. That's it. This, uh... Novels, a post romantic era, so we're talking late 18, yeah, 1890. Um, so yeah, close to the turn of the century, Woo-woo. yeah, late 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know when electricity was actually invented, nor but do I, I don't think it was the norm here, it may have existed in some fashion.
0: I feel like if uh, Henry would have, if it had existed, Henry would have said he hated it or was integral to its (laughs) invention (laughs) (laughs) or inspired its invention or (laughs) something. (laughs) If you couldn't tell by the quote at the beginning, we are reading, well, we read, we're discussing <laughs> <laughs> the picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, was this the first time you read Dorian Gray? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was. I'm trying to think of the first time I read it. I think I was probably like 19 mm-hmm. the first time I read it. I was having like a... My initial, like, classics phase mm-hmm. when I was, like, 19, 18, or 19. So, that's probably when I read this. It's definitely one of my faves. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's good. I wrote a seminar paper on Dorian Gray for my literary criticism class for school. Look at you go. Um, <laughs> I read some of it, like, while I was writing some of the outline, mm-hmm. and, uh... You know, I embarrassed myself reading it. (laughs) Why do you say you embarrassed yourself? Well, it just wasn't that good.
0: Oh. Oh, you read the thing you wrote? The the paper you wrote. Yeah, the paper you Oh. Oh, I (laughs) bet you didn't embarrass yourself reading your paper. You're you're Uh, an excellent writer. Well, thank you.
1: It was from, like, my first semester of grad school, so it just felt, like, clunky and not
0: refined. I I understand. I mean, I hated um, speaking in front of any group of people. Uh, I actually got, (laughs) I had a um, Excel class or PowerPoint class in college, and I (laughs) was so terrified to do the presentation in front of my class that I skipped class that day, and I lost a letter grade, and I didn't feel bad about it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I did show choir and stuff for some reason. That didn't really bother me. Maybe because it was a group. Probably. But yes, me standing by myself in front of a group speaking or anything, that's that's a no-go for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't love public speaking or anything like that, but it's not something that is torturous to me. Yeah. Um, I... Gave countless presentations through college and grad school. One on Sylvia Plath. That was a real <laughs> upper. <laughs> uh, her life was so sad.
0: But and so are her books, right? Not it really, I don't know. I don't, know. I think. I don't think I've read any Sylvia, Sylvia Plath actually so I can't yeah. I can't say which is why I'm asking. <laughs> she wrote
1: mostly poetry but she did write one novel The Bell Jar. Yes, and that's the
0: the main one that I've it's heard of.
1: The Bell Jar is could be loosely based on her life mm-hmm. but it ends hopefully. That's nice. So it is kind of like you're going through like this, these periods of the main character's life. I can't mm-hmm. remember what her name is, mm-hmm. but um, and she struggles so much with like mental health and yeah. all that, which Sylvia Plath did herself. Mm-hmm. But at the end, she is kind of like coming out of it, and there's like a light at the end. That's good. Unfortunately, <laughs> that light did not last for Sylvia Plath. Aww. That she is unfortunate. Yeah, she did end up taking her own life. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah. She stuck her head in the oven. Oh. Are you serious? 100% serious. Not with heat, with gas. Oh, okay. Yeah, she <laughs> it sounds uh, still extreme. awful.
0: Still awful, but not the slow cook that I was imagining, which yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. Was not able to comprehend.
1: Yeah. A lot of people like to tell that story without the detail. Yes. The fact that it was just for gas asphyxiation. Yeah. And to like sensationalize it. But it was
0: just. I mean, people, you know, use the term like, you know, I'm going to put my head in an oven or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. I'm laughing because it's wildly inappropriate. Yeah. And that's how I cope with uncomfortable things I like.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Sylvia Plath. I have a lot of her poetry collections, too, and they're very similar in tone. Like, cool. you could read it and be sad, or you can read it and be a little more hopeful. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of depends. Um, she's very talented, though. Yeah, as
0: I say, if she can make you feel something, that's yeah, that's what good writing's meant to do.
1: Yeah. She was just a poor, tortured soul. But, Uh, you know.
0: On to Oscar Wilde,
1: who was uh, (laughs) not necessarily a tortured soul, but the man had his struggles. Mm -hmm. And Dorian Gray, as a book, kind of illustrates that a little. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) He was, like, writing... In the post-romantic era. And so a lot of what he's doing is, like, fighting against that mm-hmm. romanticism impulse. Because, like, it, the 19th century was a very weird time. Because at the beginning of the 19th century, end of the 18th century, you have, like, the Victorian era. And they're very, like, rigid and strict in conventions when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the romantics, which would be, like... William Wordsworth and Lord Byron, Samuel Taylor Coolidge, um, Jane Austen would mm-hmm. be considered a romantic, um, uh, Mary Shelley mm-hmm. Frankenstein, that would be romantic. Um, they were, like, pushing against the rigidity of the Victorians Mm -hmm. and their like main thing was like the spontaneous overflow of expression Mm -hmm. was very like romantic era. Yeah. And so Oscar Wilde is like kind of mocking that. Yeah. With what he's doing. So it's a whole like, it's wild. Yeah. It's a whole like
0: cavalcade of, it's, it's very philosophical and just, uh, yeah. uh, What's the word I want to use? Um, my brain is empty. <laughs> <laughs> it's an examination of human nature, mm-hmm. I would say, probably at its worst and most self-centered Yeah, <laughs> at times yeah. in the book. Right. But...
1: Yeah. I think he's using extremes to illustrate or to make a statement that human nature is in itself self-centered because kind of how can you not be Mm -hmm. because your only perspective and experience is your own yeah yeah so i think that could be a little bit of what he's doing maybe Mm -hmm. twisting the morality of the victorians and the i don't know that the romantics were amoral, but they were not. Well, I mean, I don't know.
0: I, the book really doesn't. There's no true, genuine, deep felt love. It's all, Mm-mm. yeah, questioned or surface or mm-hmm. mocked. So it's very, I feel anti-romantic.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's no. I think. Really, the only lo- like true love that you see in in the entire novel is Sybil Vane's love for Dorian mm-hmm. and James Vane's love for Sybil, his sister. True, and both of them are tragic.
0: Yeah, but you could you could almost argue that Sybil's isn't necessarily. I mean, I think it's real for her, mm-hmm. but I mean, she didn't even re- know him. Right. Yeah. So, but like, I wouldn't say that it was lust either. I think that it was just fanciful. Uh, like yeah. what she had built up in her head. I but
1: agree. I agree.
0: We are getting very ahead of ourselves. We're way but, ahead.
1: We're way ahead. But. Um, it's giving you a
0: taste. it's
1: a taster. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dorian Gray is a heavily philosophical novel. Um it's relatively short actually. Um I think you can listen to the audiobook in like nine hours. Yeah, if that. So um one day at work plus commute and you're listening listened to the whole thing. Um so my
0: large print book that is the size of a textbook.
1: (laughs) It's literally a textbook.
0: Listen, I bought Pride and Prejudice, and it was the tiniest font I'd ever seen in my entire life. So I got a little scared. So I, bu- <laughs> I thought, oh, God, all classics are, are going to be published in this tiny font. I don't know why, but I I, I gave myself that, that uncertainty. So when I bought <laughs> Picture of Dorian Gray, I bought a large print book. And it's the size of like a social studies workbook that you would have done in 8th grade.
1: It's legitimately that size.
0: But large print book, only 263 pages. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: it's a shorty. Yeah. So, um yeah, this is a, like an easy Saturday if you're wanting to just like read the yeah. like the hard copy. Yeah. Um so I guess technically this is a novella. Oh, okay. Um, I think if it's less than 300 pages, it's a novella. Mm. I think. Um, but... I believe
0: you. I trust you.
1: So, it was originally published in July of 1890 in an issue of the American Periodical Limping Cots Monthly Magazine. And then the full-length version was published independently on April in April of 1891. Mmm. So um it is considered a philosophical novel, a gothic novel, and a decadent novel. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there are a handful of controversies that surround this book, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> so originally the novella, when it was published, the publisher said that in its original manuscript condition, there were a number of things. Things that, quote, an innocent woman would make an exception to. (laughs) (laughs) Always got to
0: worry about them innocent women.
1: Always. (laughs) They feared that the story was indecent. And so Stoddart, the publisher, deleted about 500 words without consenting Oscar Wilde prior to doing so.
0: (laughs) I think that's just so crummy to not just alter um an artist you know or a writer i mean there are artists writers are artists um but to alter a, a writer's writing but to do it without their knowledge cuz did he change it and then publish it so yes. oscar couldn't even like object comment. yeah it was just that that was yeah they did they probably didn't do recalls back then so it's not like he could be like hey recall my book that's not correct.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. But and that's pretty
0: pretty crummy. Even I, I, even I, if it was indecent for the time and perhaps they wouldn't have published it otherwise, they should have at least given him the opportunity to agree. Yeah. or something.
1: Or just, you know, if he didn't want to let go of those 500 words, he could have just like pulled it. Yeah. and taken it somewhere else, like right. dropped it around. Right. Um, so I don't know, but Apparently, the deletions were passages alluding to homosexuality and homosexual desire. All references to the fictional book title Le Secret de Raoul* and its author, Catul Sarzan. Not not sure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, And also, all mistress references to any of Dorian Gray's lovers. Namely, Sybil Vane and Hetty Merton. They took all that stuff out. Uh, fun fact, though, you can get the uncensored version. You just have to, like, search it. I have a copy. So I have, like, three copies of this novel. <laughs> I have a tiny, like, Pocket Poets one. I don't and know. then I have the uncensored. And then I have a complete works of Oscar Wilde. And it's in there as nice. well. So, and, and
0: have you read the uncensored yet? Yes. Okay. It's not hugely different. for I'm sure for today's standards, it's probably fairly mild. Right. I would imagine. It, it <laughs> is. Because we're so wild out here these days. You
1: yeah. And I think, honestly, <sighs> you would need to read them side by side in order to catch
0: the differences. So it's not like a giant passage in the center of the book or something. Right. It's, it's right. kind of yeah. fitted with that throughout. Yeah. Okay. So...
1: And it, it's mostly, like, certain, like, words or lines, like, oh. Basil and his... When he's describing the way he feels about Dorian mm-hmm. in the, like, very first scene, mm-hmm. a lot of that was way more, like,
0: More clearly, than clearly, yeah, yeah.
1: Clearly romantic. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's still fairly obvious that yes. there's at least a... But I think it suits that it's subdued because... He is so hesitant to even talk about it. Yes. So I do think that it's almost more appropriate that it doesn't outrightly say it because it, it suits the um the tone of the conversation yeah. anyway. I but agree. Not I agree. To, still shouldn't be editing authors' things without them being able to say yay or nay. But yeah. I agree. I digress.
1: But it does say that in the um, full-length novel that was released in 1891, Um, Oscar Wilde did retain those edits and then made more of his own and then also expanded some of the chapters and then added the preface. So he apparently didn't mind the change or maybe he just Mm. felt like inevitably this is what's going to be acceptable. Yeah. But it looks... This is what... Let's see. A number of edits involved obscuring homoerotic references to simplify the moral message of the story in the magazine edition, Basil tells Lord Henry how he worships Dorian and begs him not to take away the one person that makes my life absolutely lovely. And in the official edition, he focuses upon love. And in the final one, it says, the one person who gives my art whatever charm it may possess. My mm. life as an artist depends on him. So instead of making it about, like, his feelings for Dorian, it's more of, like, how Dorian affects his art.
0: Right. But I feel like you can read that as subtext. Right. Right. It reads, if another person affects your art that deeply, then yes. it means that there is a deeper affection, connection, what have you, whether yeah. it be one-sided or not.
1: Yeah, and whenever you read just the like regular version, it sounds so romantic to me, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because we speak so differently now mm-hmm. that just general
0: conversation yeah. in
1: this novel sounds really romantic. I,
0: I wondered <laughs> that as well because I feel like even even how Lord Henry talks, I'm like, is this dude yeah. just like attracted to every person he's speaking to? Yeah. And <laughs> just that everything that he says is yeah. just like I don't know. It just has like a not a flirtatious way, but you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah, it just, I do. He just has this way of like talking to everybody. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, a, you know, yeah. I don't know. How it's to describe it.
1: He has, a, and I think that's part of Lord Henry's character. Is yes. he? He just draws people's attention to mm-hmm. him when he's speaking and it doesn't matter who the person is he's talking to or who's listening mm-hmm. it's just he has that allure about mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what he's saying mm-hmm. it just sounds intoxicating yeah and i we obviously dorian is immediately right. taken right he
0: can insult you and also fill you with praise in the same sentence yes yeah,
1: it's- <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy about Lord Henry? He's my favorite character, hands down, in the book, <laughs> because he's just so. I mean, he's so ironic all the time, yeah. and he, that's all he—he he just speaks in ironies. He—he's a—he's a walking, talking juxtaposition. Like that's yeah. All he and does. The, the weirdest part is that for all the wild things he says, I don't. It, it, Basil says it in the beginning. He mm-hmm. says. You never say a moral thing and never do a wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So his all of his actions and the way the things that he actually does right are just normal ass
0: things. Well, and that, uh, another, a couple, at least one, but I think a couple other characters also say basically the same thing. Like, you say these things, but you don't ever act on them, or you say these things, and I don't think you really believe them. Yeah, I think. I laughed before because he's not my favorite character. I, 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 I see his allure and his charm and, and he is such an interesting character, but he drives me a little bananas with all his chitter chatter and talk, but because yeah, he, he just, he talks out of both sides of his mouth and he just, I don't know, but sometimes I think he's just talking to hear himself talk. But I do think a little part of him believes what he says or wishes that he did. Like he yes. wants, if he's not this devious person that he pr- like presents himself to be, then he wants to be, I think. Yeah. Me personally. But yeah, so he, he's just, he's like a walking contradiction. Everything he says is a juxtaposition. It's just. I agree. He's, he's an, but he's a very interesting character.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I enjoy about Henry is that he says all of these things and he either says them all and just knows that he has, he does not believe it at all, but he's saying it to see who he can convince of it Uh as like a game because he's so bored (laughs) with his life as a dandy. Yeah. Because they don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. They just, you know... Hang about. They just, like, (laughs) hang about going from house gathering to house gathering at these parties that they supposedly uh, hate. (laughs) 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 Yeah. They're just insufferable, all these people. They don't want to be around, but they're constantly around. Right. So part of me thinks he's just... In boredom, like, what can yeah. I say that's just wild and make right. someone believe it? Right. But on the other hand, I also think that there's a part of him that maybe wants what he's saying to be true. Yeah. Because it makes his life more interesting, again, out of boredom. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I think he is hand- definitely the most interesting character mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's my favorite. Do you
0: do you feel like there is some of Oscar Wilde in Henry? Like, I, I haven't really researched him much, mm-hmm. but just from that forward, like, yeah. it just seems like these are thoughts that would, that came from him as a person too. Uh, yeah. just to kind of, like, put them out there or something, you know? I,
1: I do think that if anyone in the book represents Oscar Wilde, it would be Lord Henry. Yeah. For sure. Because Dorian is too malleable of a person. Yes. And I don't feel like... I feel like Oscar Wilde and the things that he went through, he was pretty steadfast Mm -hmm. in like what he believed like when he was on trial for um, having a homosexual relationship Mm -hmm. for which he spent two years in like a forced labor camp. (laughs) He was sentenced to like two years hard labor or something. So when he was doing all of that, he was just constant in his belief and all of that. So I feel like he's more of a Henry than a Dorian. Definitely not a Basil. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sweet
0: Basil. (laughs) Oh, poor Basil. I know, poor Basil. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yeah, so as you can imagine, the controversy around the novel, you know, it violated the laws regarding public morality. People were up in arms that the main character of this novel is just, you know... Out here, doing wild shit, going to opium dens,
0: and this is even the edited, the edited version. version. Yeah. So these poor people would be shocked and appalled by the things we entertain ourselves with now. If they set one foot on book talk,
1: <laughs> they would, they would have a bout of the vapors. <laughs> they would faint like Dory. They would faint <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Right on the floor, yeah. And Basil, you know, he's trying to wrangle them too. Oh my
0: sweet bat I, I just like I don't know why because he doesn't get much time in the book, especially like in the middle. But I just love Basil. He just seems. He just seems sweet. He's just a stressed... and genuine, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to paint his paintings, and yes. Live his life over here and, you know, doesn't want anything to disturb it. Well, if he didn't want anything to disturb it, then you shouldn't have been friends with Lord Henry. He, he sucked Basil in, too. I know.
1: He's just sucking everyone in. I know.
0: I know the book is about Dorian Gray, but I really feel like... Yeah. <laughs> the, the catalyst... Not blaming him, because I don't think that's fair to blame someone else for your own actions. Yeah. Necessarily, but... He was definitely a major catalyst in, in things of the book. Yeah, I agree. The story revolves around a portrait of Dorian Gray painted by Basil Hallward. Basil Hallward, a friend of Dorian's and an artist infatuated with Dorian's beauty. Through Basil, Dorian meets Lord Henry Wotton and is soon enthralled by the aristocrat's hedonistic worldview that beauty and sensual fulfillment are the only things worth pursuing in life. Newly understanding that his beauty will fade, Dorian expresses the desire to sell his soul to ensure that the picture, rather than he, will age and fade. The wish is granted, and Dorian pursues a libertine life of varied amoral experiences while staying young and beautiful. All the while, his portrait ages and visually records every one of Dorian's sins. Supernatural. i say it makes it sound like a spooky book. But it's not really a spooky book.
1: Mm-mm. Some do consider it a gothic novel, though.
0: Yeah, true. So. And I think that there are, there are there is merit to that. I agree. But...
1: There's a little, I mean, you know, it's kind of dark, yeah. kind of noir, yeah. a little.
0: I was going to wait till later, but I'll just say it now since we're talking about it. I thought this book was going to be more supernatural oh, <laughs> than yeah. it was. Yeah. So I set myself up for, I feel like disappointment is too strong of a word, but I do think I had a certain expectations that were not met. Yeah. But partially because The representations of Dorian Gray that I experienced before reading this book were all paired with other supernatural beings such as um, Van Helsing and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So it's like to put him in sort of the same vein as those creatures slash people that deal with creatures, I was thinking, oh, there's going to be more of a supernatural element to Mm. this and a little bit more, uh, what's... uh, uh, exploration into the 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 why maybe not the how I don't know the how and why mm-hmm. the painting did what it did but you I mean there's no explanation really at all no. which is fine I guess but I just yeah I just thought it I thought there was going to be more of that <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing in yeah. the in the book and there wasn't like in the beginning I I thought I thought Henry was the devil I was like oh, oh this guy I mean he's schmoozy and suave and, like, says all, like I said, like, kind of talks out of both sides of his mouth and says one thing and then the complete opposite afterward, you know, just like, I was like, oh, this is the, this guy's, this this is the devil in disguise and he's the one that makes the, the deal with the painting, you know, he says it and then he's like, okay, deal granted, boop. That is not what happened. Mm -hmm. But the whole, like, first, like, couple chapters, I was like, this dude's the devil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But but nay. Nay, yeah. nay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the whole thing is really kind of more parable than anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if if Wild actually intended it to be kind mm-hmm. of parable-esque. But,
0: but it yeah, each kind of each is. kind of section does feel like a story with like a I don't know, maybe not a lesson necessarily, but sort of like mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of a cautionary cautionary tale tale, yeah cause and effect sort of this is what happens when you know kind of thing so yeah i totally agree with (laughs) them
1: yeah a lot of media especially movies and stuff do like to use dorian gray the image of dorian gray Mm -hmm. in their stuff yeah Yeah. but
0: speaking of the image (sighs) okay (laughs) i know i'm being very nitpicky (laughs) I feel like I'm being nitpicky. Every representation of Dorian Gray, he has dark hair. Mm -hmm. Listen, as a woman married to a man with luscious dark locks, I like dark hair. Same. But his hair is described as golden. Yeah. Is golden black hair? No. Golden is like blonde.
1: Yeah. It's definitely... He's definitely intended to be light haired he's he's
0: always depicted with dark i know crazy he's i say always maybe maybe hey guys if there's a version of dorian gray out there like live action or otherwise that is depicted with blonde hair shoot us an email i mm want to know i want to see this (laughs) yeah because everything else i've seen the man's got dark hair
1: yeah like the the only movie that i've seen is the one with ben barnes and colin firth Mm -hmm. and ben barnes is dark hair
0: yeah Like, dark, dark. Yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he was a dark-haired man. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I (laughs) maybe casting directors are just like, listen. Dark
0: and brooding is hot. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Dorian is a mysterious guy. And when you think of a mysterious man, you think of a dark-haired man. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to make him dark-haired. I
0: guess. I I don't know. I guess.
1: I, (laughs) generally speaking, I am attracted to a Mm dark-haired man. Yeah. I've never been, like, I mean, short of when I was nine years old and had a crush on Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> usually I was always into the dark-haired dudes. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: old Nick. I guess I would say that generally I'm more, I you know, in my history I've been more attracted to dark hair, but there were, there were times I was attracted to, you know, people with blonde or red hair, but... Hmm. I guess, I guess maybe super, like, uh, not superstar, (laughs) um, like actor or famous people wise, I I guess I would say that I, I, I notice people with dark hair more maybe. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess I am more attracted to dark hair. Like I said, my husband has dark luscious locks. His hair is prettier than mine. And people like to tell me all the time. People actually (laughs) tell you that? (laughs) People just walk up to me and go. Your husband's hair is so pretty. Thanks. I know. Back off. (laughs) Get away. I'm not a jealous person. It's just sort of like, don't be weird
1: about it. (laughs) It's a weird thing. I mean, that's.
0: He's probably even horrified that I'm talking about it right
1: now. Okay. So characters. There are not very many.
0: Right. We've already mentioned half of them, but we'll go over them again. Yeah. We have Dorian Gray,
1: who is seemingly the protagonist
0: um, <laughs> up in the air.
1: Then, obviously, Lord Henry Wadden. What was, was I saying Wadden? wrong? <laughs> I, I'm not sure which one it is. Lord Henry. He's just your average aristocratic dandy out here running around. Basil Hallward is an artist. Very celebrated artist, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Sybil Vane is a love interest of Dorian, and then James Vane is Sybil's brother. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. Other yep. characters come in, but there's no need to. Nah. They're 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 fleeting. Yeah. At best. They're inconsequential. Yes. So yeah. Um, you don't need to know about them they don't affect the plot in any way correct they do not so one of the most interesting things about this book is its preface now I can't think of any other book that has a preface that is just as famous and critiqued as the novel itself so that is a real win for Oscar Wilde
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah so, if you've never read *Dorian Gray* and you've never read the preface, highly suggest because it's very well. Dorian, Dorian Oscar Wilde is like a prose mm-hmm. genius, mm-hmm. and so the preface is just. Yeah.
0: And it's only. I mean, in my giant book, it was like two page, like a page and a half, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's so I quite can't short. imagine it's super long in a regular size yeah. book.
1: <laughs> it's it's short, so yeah. He ends off with the famous line, all art is quite useless. Which, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of art you're talking about.
0: And what use you're describing. Because, yeah. you know, I think, like I, I, think I said earlier, like good art, you know, makes you feel something. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that way, to me, it's not useless. But I guess if you're talking about, you know, can you put out a fire with it? No. Right. <laughs> So it just depends on what task in which you're trying to use the art. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think generally art's use is to
0: like enrich your life, right? You know, bring you right. But perhaps joy. societally, he's like, it, yeah, it doesn't add or detract. But I think just to the human experience, it does.
1: Yeah, nothing is moral or immoral. Art is just art, which mm-hmm. I think is true. I think there probably is some art that's probably
0: <laughs> immoral. I, I think you're right. I think you're uh, right. But I, I do think it's very cool that art can be so different depending on the person viewing and experiencing it. Like, yeah. you know, whether it be a literal piece of art, like a painting or drawing or a a written work, It's I think it's very cool how people can interpret certain things so differently mm-hmm. or how it can mean certain things, you know, different things to, to different people. I think that that's just such a cool thing about it.
1: And it's really a topic that's heavily debated in like literary criticism is it what lens should you evaluate a, like a piece of literature through the reader's lens or is there a way to Get into the writer's mind. Mm -hmm. How much should you bring into consideration the writer's intent as opposed to the reader's experience? Which Mm -hmm. one should take precedence? Mm -hmm. Which one is more important? Yeah. You know, uh, heavily contested.
0: I would say just a healthy mix of both.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's generally, I think, most arguments like that, Mm -hmm. there's a spot in the middle that is where you know, logic lives. Right. (laughs) But, yeah, it's like a hot button issue. There are a lot of critics who are like, writer's intent, you know, this is what the writer intended. This is how we should read it. And then other people are like, but when I read it, this is how, this is what it makes me think of. This is what it makes me feel.
0: I think as long as you're not saying something inaccurate about the writer's intentions, like if Mm -hmm. if you can clearly see that the writer's intention was this, you shouldn't take your own perception of it and say well i think they yeah. meant this it's like yeah y- you can say how you interpreted it and how it made you feel but i don't think that you should mm-hmm. lay your interpretation necessarily on the writer if you can tell fairly clearly that that wasn't based on history or whatever that that mm-hmm. wasn't their intention cuz right. then that's almost just as bad as rewriting something without their consent you're you're taking You're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're changing what they did in a way. So just don't, just don't misrepresent an author, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah. As
0: long as you're not doing that, you're just like, Hey, well, I felt this way. It's like, Hey, that's cool. Or this is what I get out of it. Or it would be cool if, yeah, whatever.
1: Right. And you know, you can't really ever actually know the writer's intent. True. Unless they're alive and they can say their intent. Right. But Oscar Wilde's intent with this novel seems fairly um, straightforward, clear. I think, but yeah. you never know what he was actually thinking when he was sitting down writing this book right like, right. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. it's a it's a muddy, muddy subject. <laughs> <laughs> but highly recommend if you read any part of this book, read the preface. Yeah, it's
0: so good. Yeah, it is good. Mm. But then, we get into the book. Got Basil. Is he painting or just kind of looking at the painting?
1: I think he's just looking at the painting waiting for Dorian to
0: arrive. Yeah. So Basil and Lord Henry, sometimes he's referred to as Harry.
1: Yeah, because for some reason, Harry is an abbreviation of Henry. Harry, Henry, both two. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. It's like, Harry is a nickname for Henry. It doesn't make sense. Right. But please explain it to me because I don't know the answer. Yeah.
0: I guess just like we have a million nicknames for our dogs that are either just as short or a million times longer than their actual names. Maybe it's just something that happens over time. Maybe. (laughs) With affection. Yeah. Yeah. But so Basil and Lord Henry are hanging out. And um, in this scene, you have Lord Henry, um, you know, admiring Basil's latest painting of a young, very beautiful, (laughs) golden-haired young man. (laughs) And uh, Henry's just trying to get Basil to um, exhibit the painting, telling him how exquisite it is, but Basil is absolutely refusing. Yeah. And so Henry, you know... This is a bit of intrigue, a secret. So, you know, he's trying to pry it out of Basil. And, of course, just Basil being who he is, he eventually confesses that, um, you know, the subject of his painting, Dorian, has become an object of obsession for him. And the painting contains his own quote-unquote, curious artistic idolatry for Dorian. So yeah. he says, you know, I, I've put too much of myself in this painting or kind of says it in a way that, like, he's revealed a secret about himself that he's not willing for the world to see. So it's, you know, it's it's very personal for him. And, and, and he even kind of tells... about like his friendship um, with Dorian and just how, you know, I thought it was interesting that he was like, you know, the moment I met Dorian, I knew that he would be either. He said that he would be an important person in his life or that his life would be kind of consumed by him or something. Like he Mm -hmm. almost, he actually tried to avoid speaking to him because he knew that once he did, his life would not be the same. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, it, you know, it.
1: And what's funny about the whenever Basil tells Henry the story of how he first met Dorian, mm-hmm. the way he describes a sort of magnetism mm-hmm. that he feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever he does finally actually meet Dorian, and. Dorian also expresses kind of an inevitability yeah. in their meeting yeah. and like being friends mm-hmm. it feels so romantic mm-hmm. to me Yeah, like the way that Basil's telling the story the way he describes it their interaction it just feels so or at least like infatuation yeah. for sure it definitely does not feel platonic no It's not how I would think a person would describe meeting Mm -hmm. a good friend.
0: Correct. And even though I think Dorian gives Basil the idea that perhaps, like you said, you know, he kind of said the same thing, that he he felt something too. I do not think he felt the same level or type of magnetism that Mm -hmm. Basil felt. (laughs) Right. But they both... It seems as though as though there was a fate... They both felt that there was, like, a fate about them meeting.
1: What does it say? Dorian Gray, to me, simply a motive in art. You might see nothing in him. I see everything in him. He is never more present in my work than when no image of him is there. He is a suggestion, as I said, of a new manner. I find him in the curves of certain lines, in the loveliness and subtleties of certain colors... That is
0: all. That is all. Just that. Just that. That sounds like all-consuming <laughs> um, obsession to me. Yeah. Because he it's, even says, like, when he's not around, he's, yeah. I don't know, sad, but, like, you know, he doesn't feel right when he's not with him.
1: Yeah, because he says, as long as I live, the personality of Dorian Gray will dominate me. Mm-hmm. You can't feel what I feel. You change too often.
0: Which is so very true. Yeah. And Reed changes yeah. very often.
1: It's true. It just, I don't know. And obviously, knowing like Oscar Wilde's personal life, mm-hmm. obviously, it kind of does like color the way that you read it. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that in all likelihood, the implication is that Basil and Dorian did have a relationship. Or at least Basil had romantic feelings for Dorian. Right.
0: So. I don't think anything romantic, at least for me, I don't feel like anything romantic happened between them. But I do right. think that Basil definitely had deeper feelings than, I, yeah, I than agree. Dorian. Exactly.
1: And I, if I remember right, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to remember the movie with Ben Barnes and Colin Firth. I haven't seen it in a really long time, 2010, long (laughs) time, but I feel like there's a cutaway scene that kind of implies maybe a sexual encounter between Basil and Dorian, but I I can't be sure if that's Mm -hmm. me misremembering, Mm -hmm. but there's no scene like that in the book. Where Even even
0: the unedited version. Right. To me, I read it as unequally requited. Like, I do think that Dorian feels kinship or a, a draw to Basil, but I do not think it ever is or becomes romantic for... Dorian. Dorian and yeah. I feel like Basil is so guarded about those feelings mm-hmm. that they seem it, it seems unrequited to me. It does yeah. not seem like something that ever was fulfilled.
1: Yeah, I agree. I but yeah, that's essentially the nature of this whole first scene. Yeah, is Basil and Henry together? Yeah. And discussing Basil, this. Yeah,
0: and then Basil's like, I don't, I don't want you to meet Dorian. You'll spoil him. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny that he just, like, says it to him, and Henry is fully unfazed. He, like,
0: he's like, meh. He's like, how how awful of you to say that to me, but it's entirely true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he just, like,
0: laughs. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he doesn't say that's entirely true, but, yeah, he's just like, why would you say such a thing? Yeah. Sir, have you heard (laughs) you talk? How you like to manipulate people? Hello. Yeah. Yeah, he,
1: I think Basil saying that to him just made him, like, more intrigued. I was
0: going to say, <laughs> he did the worst thing you can possibly do. Like, he he his, he his reverse-psychologied, like, what he didn't want to have. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he was like, listen, I, Henry, I don't want you to meet Dorian. Dorian, I don't want you to talk to Henry. And you so, two are a bad mix. And they're like, they look at each other and it's like, hey, bad mix. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Sign me up. You're right. Poor Basil. I know. Oh. Um, I say poor Basil too much. He just... I know. I can't help it.
1: I know. I feel... I constantly feel bad for Basil. Yeah. Through this whole book. I know. He just he, seems like a genuine character that
0: has good intentions.
1: He does. He is, like, well-intended. Well-intended, yes. And he just... He really cares mm-hmm. about Dorian and Henry, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think, I really think that Henry cares about Basil. Yeah, I, I do way. think, yeah, I was gonna say, in the way that he can, I do feel like he does actually care about Basil and Dorian, and I think that if they actually needed his help, he would, and maybe he wouldn't drop his, his nonsense completely, but I do think he could get a little serious and be yeah. like, okay, yeah. Ride or die time, what are we doing? Right. He just yeah. never gets that opportunity. Or yeah. yeah, I just don't think he gets the opportunity because he either doesn't believe, you know, that the moment is serious, right. you know, he just kind of misses the cues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kinda lives in La La Land a little. He lives in himself. He's right.
0: very Yeah. T- he's he's very self
1: <laughs> centered. <laughs> yes.
0: While analyzing everything around him constantly, he's also still very much in Henry world.
1: Yeah, he is. But, um, but I do think you, um, you get to see like tiny glimpses of him being <laughs> uh, a good friend, especially at the end, like yes. when Dorian faints and stuff. He like yeah. takes care of him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's that. <laughs> they,
0: he, he does. You do kind of like I said. You kind of get that glimmer of like, okay, if Cause, and he even says, like, if you need me, you know, yeah. I'll help you or whatever. Right. But, but yeah, even the slight opportunity, he just, like, he misses it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do think that there, I think deep down there, it you're right, there is, like, a, a good nugget. He just, it's covered in so much garbage sometimes yeah. that you don't fully really see it.
1: Yeah. But. Uh,
0: much to Basil's. You know, chagrin. Chagrin. Uh, Dorian shows up before he can scoot Henry out the door, so Dorian <laughs> and Henry meet, and uh, he tries to make Henry promise that he won't try to influence Dorian or, or and spoil him. But as okay. we, I think we already said many a time, that is not the, the
1: case. <laughs> that is the exact
0: opposite of what actually happens. Right. I mean,
1: there is a little bit of question in there as to, like, was Dorian already kind of susceptible mm-hmm. to this sort of, like, influence? Because mm-hmm. he immediately, like, he hears Henry say a few words and is right. immediately,
0: right, like, drawn in. Yeah. So. I did want to mention, because it's easy for Dorian, especially later, to be like, "You're you influenced me, you sent me on this path of... This kind of behavior, you know, which I don't know that he fully believes it 100%, mm-hmm. but he definitely tries to blame Henry a little bit. Yeah, But Basil actually makes a comment about how, as as much as he adores Dorian, he says that he can be cruel sometimes. Mm-hmm. He may not use the word cruel, but he says he can, you know, like be quite mean or hurtful or mm-hmm. something like that. So that capacity is already in Dorian. Right. So it's hard to say that it's all Henry's fault. Right.
1: And I, I don't, we don't ever see Henry act cruelly towards anyone.
0: No, he just spouts his he, stuff.
1: His Yeah, he just, like, speaks in his own philosophy yeah.
0: constantly. He can be a bit rude or harsh with his with stuff. His- yeah own philosophy but yes he I,
1: mm, it's not generally he
0: can be a bit heartless actually
1: i don't think he ever says anything cruel directly to
0: someone right it's like about them but it's i mean it's still not great that he does that but yeah, yeah true he doesn't i don't think he says it to someone's face yeah
1: but. yeah and i think you know dorian's treatment of sybil is before really henry is taken like mm-hmm.
0: full like hold Agreed. Over him. I don't... I think that, that that's all Dorian. That's yeah. not... I agree. Influent. I think his cruelty is himself. Yeah. Perhaps his frivolity and all that, you know, yeah. kind of dabbling in these different things were influenced by um, things Henry has said. But I think his cruelty is his own. I agree. Yeah. So... They based... made... He's instantly spoiled. He's, he's instantly spoiled.
1: <laughs> Dorian is here. He's... Doing, like, his final sitting for Basil. For the portrait. And he asks Henry to stay and talk to him while he's sitting. I'm sure that's tedious and Mm -hmm. boring. Right. So Henry's like, sure, I'll chill. We'll talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he... And he immediately is interested in Dorian because of Dorian's amazing good looks. Just a little (laughs) blonde smoke show over there. (laughs) Henry is kind of like... And I think initially Dorian has a kind of air of innocence because he's young. Mm -hmm.
0: How much younger than them is he? Well, I think... Are we talking like 10 years maybe? Not even? I don't know
1: because I think it describes Henry as being a young man. Mm -hmm. And Dorian is described as being a young man. Mm -hmm. Um, But Dorian's not quite of age. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what of age means. So I think he's supposed to be... Not quite 20. Okay. So maybe like 18 or 19. Okay.
0: Because, yeah, I feel like they do say that he's 20 or about to be 20. Yeah, and I
1: think later, whenever he is kind of accosted by James Vane, mm-hmm. he's 38. Okay. And, his sis- and Sybil had been dead for 18 years. Right. So. Right. Uh, yeah, so he's probably 20.
0: Yeah, okay. I would assume
1: yeah. that Henry is like late Twenties, early thirties.
0: Mm-hmm. And same for Basil. Same for Basil. Because yeah. they were in
1: school together. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, Henry and Dorian are chit-chatting. Basil's finishing the painting. And there comes like a point where he doesn't need Dorian to sit anymore mm-hmm. to like do his little finish finishings. So Dorian and Henry are like out walking around. Mm-hmm. And this is when Henry like points out Dorian's beauty. Mm-hmm. But then hedges that with Beauty fades yeah
0: yeah <laughs> well and even before that what does henry say to him that makes him like because dorian has this moment where he pauses mm-hmm. and is like his brain is just like it's like that vision you see on a tv show where it's like fireworks and space and all that yeah. stuff, just like reeling in someone's brain because basil's like i don't know what you said to him because when i work my ears turn off but his face That look on his eyes and his mouth being slightly parted. Like, that's the the look I wanted to capture. Whatever you did, perfect.
1: I think it is this one. Nothing can cure the soul but the senses. Just as nothing can cure the senses but the soul. Okay. I think that's the one. Because Dorian references it later in the Mm -hmm. book. Like, at the Mm -hmm. end.
0: But Henry says so much. And I meant to go back and find what he says. But I don't know. I I didn't know if it was something. But either way, it's like... His hooks were in even before yeah. that, but then, yeah, then, yeah. then they're talking about beauty and then he just, Dorian spirals. He was fully spirals <laughs> at the beginning, especially
1: whenever, cause it's not too long after this, they go in the garden, they have their talk and then Basil calls them back in cause he's done mm-hmm. and he wants like them to view it. And Henry is like, that is the finest portrait I've ever seen. Like yes. it's the best, yes. blah, blah, blah. And, Dorian is just so enamored with it. hmm Which is kind of funny because it's a portrait of him. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's almost, it's like a real meta mm-hmm. type of yeah. thing that's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> because it's very, like, self-referential. It's Dorian mm-hmm. admiring himself in a painting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's strange. Yeah.
0: But, but it, it also, like furthers his tailspin because then he's like oh my god I look so good yeah I'm never gonna look this good again exactly like this is the best I'm ever gonna look like how unjust and unfair yeah. that this painting gets to be beautiful beautiful forever and I'm gonna age mm-hmm. and get old and die that's not <laughs> fair
1: I think he even think like says that he is now like Thirty minutes older. Yes. Than this painting. Yes. There's some like measure of
0: time. It's yes. Like Vanity is a huge topic of this. Book. Yeah, huge. If not the main. And <laughs> yeah, essentially, because
1: this is when um, Dorian is basically like, I wish that like I would give my soul if this painting would age and I would mm-hmm. stay young.
0: And that's Forever. all it takes. That's all it takes. In this book anyway. Don't be don't be trading your souls for stuff, guys. Please. Yeah, if that's Do like, me a favor. If that's <laughs> on the
1: table for you, just
0: think about the consequences. Yeah. Because
1: you know what? Nothing comes for free.
0: No. No. And your soul is a precious, precious thing.
1: Yeah. Just I mean, look what else does Harry Potter teach you? Yeah. Lord Voldemort maimed his soul. <laughs> And he could not come back from that.
0: Don't be like Voldemort.
1: Don't be like Voldemort. Or Dorian, obviously. <laughs> or
0: Dorian. <laughs> Woof.
1: Yikes. So Dor- Dorian is, like, really upset <laughs> looking at the painting. <laughs> and Basil's like, legitimately concerned. And he's like, I'll destroy it yeah. if it's causing so much so much upset.
0: And he grabs a blade. Like, he's yeah. going to do it. He's,
1: he had just spent so many hours creating this painting and uh, he's willing to just destroy it right yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I, I think his um, insecurity about what he feels it reveals in himself, and mm-hmm. then Dorian being upset, it's just like, fine, I'm just, I'll chop it up. It's more trouble than it's worth. It'll be done, and then Dorian snaps out. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, not even knowing the connection he has just made with yeah. this painting, he's just yeah. like, I love it. Please, you know, don't destroy it. Yeah, he has no idea
1: that. There is like some supernatural force yeah. at yeah. work here.
0: There was no like spotlight on him, and like a wind that whirled or anything. Right, right. it's not. <laughs> no. it was, it's unknown that yeah. the 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 vow he just like threw out into the ether has come true.
1: Right, Basil's like, okay, you then can... I'll just give this to you as a gift.
0: Right, right. <laughs> you ha- you have it then. Lord Henry's like I really would have liked it, but okay, give it to Dorian. Fine, it is, man. it is a, it is of him. So sure, fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Next, we have like Lord Henry and Dorian going to the theater. So they're like spending more time together. Mm-hmm. Basil tries to talk Dorian out of going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and immediately, like, and this proves. Basil's fears it's like I think either that evening or the next day you know Dorian's supposed to hang out with Basil and he blows him off for Lord Henry. Yeah. Even Lord Henry's like weren't you supposed to hang out with Basil? He's like yeah but I'd rather hang out with you. Yeah. Swaying with the wind here sir. Have some loyalty. I I know
1: and you know and it shows that Lord Henry has a little bit of loyalty to Basil like hey aren't you supposed to hang out with my pal?
0: Yeah. But then he's like like, well okay. all right." Yeah. Yeah. uh, he wasn't hung up on it, too right? Much. I was gonna say very fleeting <laughs> his his moral high grounds. <laughs> yeah. it,
1: it just like comes in waves. It's just like
0: oop. No. Yep, yep.
1: That was it. Next, we find out a little bit about Dorian's childhood. I don't think it really plays much part in the rest of the book, honestly. I, don't I mean, think Dorian's so. rich because he inherited money from his mother who died and also his grandfather. So he's got cash and yeah. he's got an estate and his yeah. mom was like super beautiful as
0: well yeah so. and they say that his grandfather was tyrannical but yeah. they, there's no explanation really, given yeah. so we don't yeah. know if was he cruel or just
1: yeah
0: um inattentive you know we don't yeah. know so i guess don't this really could know. explain his tendencies for cruelty sure. but then again that is never an excuse yeah so it, yeah. yeah like you said it, it doesn't really ever get brought up again no so Not really.
1: That, uh, Lord Henry does find Dorian's, like, background <laughs> romantic.
0: Yeah. So, he, <laughs> he finds, likes it. He finds anything tragic to be quite fascinating. He
1: does. He does. And he, I, he's been reading too much Shakespeare. He finds it all, like, super, like, whimsical and romantic. Yeah, yeah.
0: Before so. we get too f- much further, I did want to note that I think that the first two chapters are kind of, um, they're, they're heavy and foreshadowing, if mm-hmm. you think about it. Because, like, there's this one passage right before Dorian walks in, Basil's talking to Henry, and he says, Your rank and wealth, Harry, my brains, such as they are, my art, whatever it may be worth, Dorian's Dorian Gray's good looks, we shall all suffer for what the gods have given us, suffer terribly. yeah And two out of the three suffer. Yeah. One does not, but I just feel like that's a bit of foreshadowing, grabbing Basil, grabbing a knife, Mm -hmm. you know, threatening to stab the painting, and then that being, ending up being the demise of both Both? of them. So I I just, and I think there was even another moment, like, those first two chapters actually have quite a bit of foreshadowing that I only noticed on the second pass through yeah of those chapters but i I thought it was cool so i wanted to mention it
1: i also think that in the scene before dorian arrives when we just have basil and henry basil tells henry says to henry more than once that he he's like i don't believe anything you're saying henry and i don't think you do either Mm -hmm. so he says it to him i think twice Mm -hmm. if not three times yeah And I think that that is also kind of a message to us as the readers Mm -hmm. that Basil has the measure of Henry better than Henry has of Henry. Yes. Because I don't think Basil would have maintained such a long friendship with Henry if Mm -hmm. he was everything he says of himself. Yeah. I think that's. A little nugget there before
0: we get into like everything else. I think Basil sees the true nature of people and while still also trying to see the best in them, Mm -hmm. which I think is cool. I mean, like sad, but sweet of his character that he's like, I see your flaws, but I also see that good bit too. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of holds on to that Mm -hmm. part of them. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas Henry is a very bad influence on Dorian, I I don't feel like Basil really allows that influence. He just kind of bounces it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whatever. He, he
1: gives Henry the
0: pushback. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which I think is probably why Henry respects him yes. more than he seems to respect anybody else. Right.
0: I wonder how much he actually respects Dorian as easily as he is manipulated and influenced. I think... Probably very
1: little, honestly. Mm.
0: But he finds him so interesting that he'll yeah. keep him around. So. Yeah.
1: Because that's kind of his little, like, fanboy. Yeah.
0: A yeah. little bit. Yeah. We go to the shindig at uh, his Lord Henry's aunt's house. And there's just a lot of Lord Henry talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There,
1: and there's a lot of that in this book, like, between major yeah. events. There's yeah. just, like, general activities, mm-hmm. then parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of, like... Expostulation by Henry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which doesn't feel. I don't feel like it's lowly necessarily just mm-hmm. because I enjoy Oscar Wilde's writing so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But if you don't love his writing, yeah. it would be boring. Yeah.
0: I could see. Yeah. I never found it boring, but there were moments where. I was just like all right already I get it. I I see what you're putting down Henry. Come on. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I, I I do think that on multiple reads this it will only improve in its enjoyment but on the first read yeah I was just like all right already. Yeah. Shut up.
1: Yeah. Because it's, like, the first read of any book you're reading to get, like, the points you want to get to the end to see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And yeah. on, like, your second and third, yeah. are more, you have more room to breathe. Right.
0: Well, and I don't even mind, like, one of my favorite movies is actually the, the I think it's from the 50s, um, 12 Angry Men. And it's just men in a room discussing a court case. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind a story where it's just discussion, but... But as long as that discussion is leading to something or going somewhere, when it's mm-hmm. just idle chat of, like, pondering and, like, what feels very narcissistic, I get <laughs> I get a little, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is beautifully written. So yeah. it's like I'm kind of just like, Lord, I'm a little torn both ways, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I like, can see that. Yeah.
1: If I... Actually, recall what I was thinking the very first time I read this book. Mm-hmm. It might be a little more that there were parts of this book that were a little boring, mm-hmm. but when I read it now, I just like chuckle through the right. whole thing, right? So, Hello, Henry, <laughs> <laughs> my good friend, Henry, right? Right now, we're about a month after Dorian has met Henry, mm-hmm. and um. Dorian declares to Henry that he's in love. With Sybil Vane. A Shakespearean actress of the stage. An actor. An actor, (laughs) darling. Um, She (laughs) acts at, like, a a run-down theater. So, it is not necessarily a place that Basil, Henry, or Dorian would frequent. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, he... It's because Henry told him to, you know, enjoy life and explore basically, like, yeah, explore the world, take risks, you know, whatever. So he happened upon this place. I didn't quite catch that or really think about it that way, but that makes sense why then Henry hadn't seen her. Because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm like, if she's this good of an actress and she does plays every night, yeah, socialite man over here, like, how has he never seen her act?
1: Yeah, and But that
0: makes sense, yeah. because she's kind of in a more run-down, tucked-away part of the... Yeah. Okay. More yeah, you like know.
1: in the slums kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And um, it
0: describes the theater as being tawdry. Yeah. So I remember that now. <laughs> I think I was more focused on his description of her than I yeah. missed the description of yeah. the...
1: The theater itself. Yes, yes. And the owner of the theater is like smarmy and kinda gross. <laughs> and Dorian like really hates him, but Henry really likes him. <laughs> of course. That does. doesn't track at all. <laughs> yeah. So Dorian like goes night after night and sees her play mm. and all of the she does all the Shakespeare heroines. Mm-hmm. And, and she does them
0: to perfection. She's she perfect disappears into each role, yeah. portraying each one perfectly. Exactly.
1: And she's also, like, really beautiful, mm-hmm. obviously. And so... And she's young, too. She's, like, 17? Yeah, like 17. So, Dorian's in love with her. Mm-hmm. And as much as he is
0: capable, yes.
1: He she <laughs> he meets her after repeatedly going to the theater multiple yeah. nights in a yeah. row.
0: I think that the, the smarmy theater owner was like, oh, yeah. you must meet
1: her. You must meet her. So... He meets her, and
0: um, she's obviously in love with him. Mm -hmm. But does he purposely withhold his name? Or she just doesn't ask and calls him Prince Charming, and he's charmed by that, so he just...
1: I think
0: she knows that his first
1: name is Dorian. I don't think she knows his last name. Okay. But she just never refers to him as Dorian to her family. Yeah, just Prince yeah. Charming. Because I think there's a line where he tells Henry she only knows my Christian name. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. But she refers to him as Prince Charming, and that's how she talks about him to her mom and her mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. Lauren Henry is vastly amused by mm-hmm. Dorian being in <laughs>
0: love. <laughs> Basically, like, that's cute that you think that you're yeah. in love with this girl.
1: <laughs> yeah. He... he I think Henry sees the writing on the wall. Here. The the shallowness I, yeah, of knows. which he loves. Yeah. And he just wants to see this little fluttering play out.
0: Yeah. But I don't sadistic. I, yeah, I don't think he
1: anticipates what actually happens, obviously.
0: Obviously. But he but...
1: also is a little bit callous about that too. He's just
0: kind of like very eh. much so. I think that was one of the scenes <laughs> that I was like, "Okay, Henry, I'm I'm not amused by you yeah. anymore, sir."
1: What now I'm gonna I was gonna make an analogy to another book, but now I don't want to because I don't think you've read it, and it <laughs> it would ruin the whole book. but oh, okay, it's the the whole like idea that Henry has of civil whenever mm-hmm. she commits suicide because of Dorian. Mm-hmm. That sentiment is also in another very famous book. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: when we get there, eventually can talk about
1: it. <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you the book because it'll give it away
0: okay okay but damn it i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> i wish i was better well read <laughs> no 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 um
1: but yeah so henry sees it sees it coming okay. i'm pretty sure
0: yeah oh so sure gosh. but yeah oh. eh. But yeah, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't know that I really believe that, you know, okay. Or, you know, I don't know if he thinks that, I don't, I don't know if he thinks that that kind of love is like true and possible with the way that he thinks like men and women work yeah, and the way that his own marriage works, his own marriage is a facade you yeah. know they aren't romantic you know right. his wife even talks about like she never sees him yeah he talks about when they do see each other he thinks that they just lie to each other and tell each other stories yeah. like so i don't really think he either believes in or has a concept of you may have a concept of what real love is but i just think that he's he thinks that's folly like i, I don't i you agree
1: know. and i think part of that could be just the aristocracy itself mm-hmm. because most of those marriages were arranged in order to like build wealth between two families Mm -hmm. and marrying for rank and title so I think Henry being an aristocrat just has seen that his whole life yeah so he probably um, most married couples he sees are probably just like him and his wife and it
0: doesn't help that this girl is not well to do. Right. Right. So. And she's like,
1: yeah. Young and yeah, naive. Yeah. But, um, Henry and Basil go with Dorian to see Sybil play the lead in Romeo and Juliet. But
0: that's, that's after we, is that he, after we get that chapter with the Sybil family? Like he tells that he tells them about her and then he goes to the theater that night and then he, they, he comes back engaged And then we kind of get to see behind the curtain with her and her family, right? Right. So, Romeo, whenever
1: Dorian, Basil, and Henry go see Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. uh, they watch her in the play, and then they leave. Dorian stays, and then we get the scene with the Sybil Vane and her family, and then Dorian tells Basil and Henry that they're engaged after the scene with... Sybil and her family. Because
0: I thought they didn't see... Because is, cause, cause I thought that we get that scene and then to kind of get to know them better. But then he brings them and that's when everything hits off the rails. Because I didn't think he would admit to them he was engaged to her after they saw her because he's so appalled. Mm. So I thought he told, her, told them... Before they see her, because it's like, oh, I'm engaged to this girl. Now you have yeah. to come see. I w-
1: for some reason, I'm, th- was thinking that they went and saw her. Okay. Twice.
0: Oh, cause they, they, I remember them watching her and being like, well, I mean, you said she was good, but. Yeah. Ooh. And Maybe I feel like she's as she's like super enthralled with him, especially after the engagement,
1: right? Because it's after the engagement that she is no longer acts good terribly, at acting. Yeah. and
0: I don't think they ever see her good acting because they kind of like okay, old Jeff. Well, you said she was good at acting, <laughs> but yikes!
1: Yeah, you're probably and right. then he's
0: horribly embarrassed.
1: Yeah, and they leave. Actually, they leave early. Yeah, the ni- whenever they see her acting yeah. badly. But, yeah, but and Henry's. Um, like condolence there is
0: she's very beautiful yeah (laughs) he's awful he's just awful but whether it happens before all that or after we do get a a bit of a chapter with her family to get to know her mom and her brother before he um goes off to australia the military yeah to serve yep this country and the mom is just like any other mom you know she's like well, yeah, he's handsome, and he's got money, and... Why not? Makes you happy, and we're great. We're here for it. Right. And the and brother's a little, uh, suspicious
1: Yeah, he is not into it. Um, and he vows to kill Prince Charming if he hurts Sybil. Right. But shadowing. <laughs> yeah. I think, and in this scene, after, like, Sybil runs off to, like, change or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just... James and their mom Mm -hmm. and James asks his mom were you ever married to our dad oh yeah and she's like no yeah but he loved you and he loved me and us very much yeah and did he how did he exit the picture I don't know that it ever it says Mm -hmm. but then to his mom James is like don't let that be Sybil yeah because Um. I, I think he's his assumption is that Dorian is just gonna like get her pregnant. Right. And not then, marry and then her. Dip out. And then, yeah, leave. Yeah. yeah. And back in that time it a woman's reputation was so easily tainted. Yes. Like yeah. he wouldn't have even had to have gotten her pregnant necessarily mm-hmm. in order to effectively ruin her right. reputation. Right. Just simply a rumor that they had slept together. Right now, we married. see that
0: men's reputations are also able to be ruined, but I do believe that women's are more easier. fragile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to dash upon the rocks of society. <laughs> right, right. So after
1: the vain family chapter, mm-hmm. then we get Dorian telling Basil and Henry of his engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Henry is just kind of like. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Basil's kind of like, she is so far below your social rank. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> the pragmatic. Right. Man I was gonna say is. not
0: not sweet Basil in that moment, but that's that's the the, the mind of the times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. But yeah. Whoop. Yeah. And then, but then, so he's proud of this girl. They go see her. This is not the woman he described. She has not disappeared into this role. She is Mm -hmm. acting horribly. And I don't mean she's, like, behaving badly. I mean, like, her acting is just Mm -hmm. bad. She's stilted
1: and stiff and clunky.
0: And every scene that goes on, Dorian's affections for her drain away. Yeah. And he is embarrassed and enraged and Lord Henry is just. Yeah, Henry's like,
1: yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we're gonna go now. Yeah, I
0: think Basil's just like, oh, well, maybe she's just having an off night, you know, like there's something. Yeah, he's like trying to be nice. (laughs) Where Lord Henry's like, I told you, I told you that you were just seeing through rose colored glasses. I don't know what you were talking about here. (laughs) Yeah, well, at least she's very beautiful, right? (laughs) So he is not happy. No, he is
1: wildly upset.
0: Does he just storm back there immediately and he's just like, what the hell are you doing? What was that?
1: Yeah, and she's like, I think she even says to him, oh, Dorian, how poorly I acted. Yeah,
0: she's thrilled with herself. Yeah, she
1: has, yeah, she's like...
0: She's had this, like, epiphany. Right. Like, she now knows what real love feels like and before she was acting like these women you know taking on their stories of love and now she knows what real love is and because she knows what real love is she can't pretend love any longer right. you know so but she's just thrilled with herself because it's just a representation of her letting go of false love and having real love so she's yeah. just tickled pink about
1: yeah. it. yeah and she's like i'm done acting yeah this is it i'm done yeah Because she's marrying Dorian, he's rich. She doesn't need to act anymore.
0: Well, and I think she's lost the, the thrill of it. Yeah, because she doesn't have to chase or pretend love. She she has it now. So why why would she want to fake it? Fake it? Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And this is when Dorian is like, "Whoa, I didn't actually love Sybil." I was in love with her acting.
0: Yeah. And then he is needlessly cruel to her. Yeah. And I, she begs and pleads and he's just like, yeah, I'm done. Uh,
1: yeah. He, I think in so many words, tells her that he didn't love her. He loved her abilities on mm-hmm. the stage and he never wants to see her again. Yeah.
0: And she's just like, I'll, 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 I'll be that I'll, actress again. I can again. do that. I can do it. I yeah. I can do that again. And it's like, he's like, nope, it's been tainted now. I've seen yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> it was, t- you embarrassed me. <laughs> You've this is terrible. You ruined it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, ooh, yeah. That, that's over now. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that whole night, Dorian's just wandering around London.
0: Yeah. You decimate someone's entire heart.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd like to just go for a wandering stroll too.
1: Sure. What? Why not? What But this is the very first time that he notices that the portrait is changing.
0: Yeah. He goes home. I don't know what compels him to look at it, Mm -hmm. but he does, and he sees this uh, sneer um, in the corner of the mouth, but it's it's ugly. Yeah, it's like a cruel... Yeah. Malice. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when he starts to notice... That the painting that takes on his sins. It's not just his age that it takes, but it, right. it takes the burden of Be, his sins and his poor actions.
1: Yeah, because I the idea here is that sin will mark you physically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So and I this makes him feel shame with the mm-hmm. way he treated Sybil. Yeah.
0: Does he like write a letter to her or something? Like he kind of mm. pens out. I'm something to sure. her before he goes to bed. And he's like, I'll yeah. talk to her tomorrow. Yeah,
1: whatever. and yeah, he was, like, resolved to, like, make up with her. Yeah, And the next day, whenever Henry comes to tell him about mm-hmm. Sybil, mm-hmm. um, Dorian is basically like, I've already made this promise to her, so yeah. I'm gonna marry her yeah. because I've already yeah. said this. Yeah. So, he like feels that like
0: obligation, right? And I wonder, it's like, do you do you still feel do you feel that affection for her again, or are you just doing it because you feel bad and you're horrified by the physical visual of how awful you were?
1: Yeah, I think the latter. Yeah, I do too. Um, it it sound it feels very like obligatory at that point, not
0: mm-hmm. choice. Yeah, but. It's too late. It's too late. She, uh, did she she took poison? She took poison. Mm, She went out very Shakespearean and poisoned herself. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Lord Henry is very blase about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's like, she's, um, basically memorialized in
0: her love. Yeah. I was going to say, he's like, this is the most beautiful thing she could have done for you. Yeah or whatever, you know, yeah, however he puts like it that, yeah. where it's like, you know, she did you a beautiful, she did you a, you know, this is, this is the the best thing she could have done for you because now, you know, she'll, I can't remember yeah. how he put it, but it was just such a, a twisted way to try yeah. <laughs> and make Dorian, I guess, feel, feel better? better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Basil would be like, uh, yeah, you should feel ashamed for how you treated her, and yeah, yeah. now she's dead. That's ugh. That that's 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 awful and sad. It's, and Lord yeah. Henry's like, she paid you the highest compliment. Yeah, ooh, Henry.
1: Come on, Henry. Ugh,
0: <sighs> ugh, indeed. Yeah.
1: And then Lord Henry convinces Dorian to go with him to the opera that night, and Dorian's like, sure,
0: why not? Yeah
1: yeah aggrieved. i you
0: you had made a note that like when he tells him he actually is Dorian isn't upset, he just is numb about it.
1: Yes, he it describes him as feeling numb, which in this kind of it reflects that this specific incident is kind of the turning point for him. Mm-hmm. It's after this that he's like, you know what, I'm not going to continue trying to live this like normal, Life. If like I'm going to give
0: in to frivolity. I'm and going to follow my whims. Yes, yeah,
1: He's going to live a life of passion and pleasures and joy and sin. Like mm-hmm. that's all he's going to live for. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was thinking of whenever I was r- reading this specific part is that. Notes are. Okay. So before. Sybil's death Dorian hadn't actually fully accepted Henry's like life philosophy Mm -hmm. he was like enthralled by it but not living by it Mm -hmm. but after Sybil dies is whenever he fully changes yeah so partially I feel like this could be him dealing with grief Mm-hmm. at her death not because he's sad about her death mm-hmm. but be- because of his own guilt his hand in it yes. so this is how he so he's dealing with yeah. this guilt and yeah. grief yeah i can see that and i don't think i don't think he loved Sybil. that's very obvious mm-hmm. but i do think that there's a difference in feeling numb and feeling nothing yeah so he's not Completely blasé yeah. about it. Yeah. He's not as upset as someone who would who was in love. Yeah. But I feel like the numbness could indicate him trying to suppress... And shield his guilt. And shield his guilt and shame. Yeah. yeah. At his responsibility for her death. Yeah. So you could theorize that his grief causes him to have hallucinations of the changes in the portrait, and yeah. that it might not actually be happening, and that it's happening in his brain. Right. Even though I know that there are some other elements that might knock that theory, like Basil sees the painting right. and stuff,
0: but... and how he changes at the end, so... Yeah. I but, do think it's an interesting theory, but I do think, for me anyway, it is actually happening. Yeah. But... You know, what like. if it's in his head? Well, it's and it, you can't even say that it's in his head that the pay, portrait's aging and he's not because other people notice that he's staying young as well. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And that is hard to reconcile with that theory unless you just have to like suspend disbelief mm-hmm. and think
0: that he. It's more like, about symbolism than like actually yeah, like, the story or, or whatever
1: or that he hit the genetic lottery and just. Some people just simply have good genes, and maybe at thirty eight they do pass for right. late twenties.
0: Right. right, right. I mean, that's then you real. would just have to suspect that the body found in the end is not Dorian. Yeah, or that I don't know. And that's quite the twisty twist. That is, <laughs>
1: or that. Yeah, you, yeah. The supernatural element, I think, is it's kind. It's pretty yeah. much confirmed, but yeah. You know, his paranoia and the, the weirdness he has around the portrait towards the end, Yeah, I think, was just him losing his mind, For sure. For sure. But, yes.
0: That much ill deed toward other people sh- should have an effect on you.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, in the end of the book, there are at least four deaths that you could, like, lay at his feet.
0: Yeah. So, you know... Yerp. That's how it goes. Yeah. So. Then do we sort of have, like, a time jump in a way where, like, after this, then we kind of skip ahead a little bit of time and...
1: Yeah. After this, Henry gives Dorian the little yellow book about the um, young Parisian man who devotes his life to the passions and uh, all of that. And that's, like, what entrances Dorian and then after he gets the book, then we kind of have, like, years later. Yeah, yeah. It just says years pass, and Dorian remains young and beautiful. Mm. So I think eighteen years basically passes. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I it kind of describes how he spends this time. It kind of like glosses over this this chunk of time. Yeah. So he's. He had so many rumors follow him about his indulgences and his bad behavior but they
0: can't and the uh, people he and the people he leaves like, in his wake yeah. and the pe- that are disgraced yeah. after association with him but right. nothing ever touches not, him yeah or if it does like the rumors obviously touch yes. him but they don't touch him enough for him to be disgraced in society like right. other people exactly, that he deals yeah. with are
1: and a lot of people around him kind of dismiss the rumors because in their mind, how could you have done all of these horrible things and still look like? Right. Because like so, you said, it's it's yeah.
0: stated several times that that type of behavior not only is like bad on your soul, but it like leaves a physical mark on you yeah. as well. Just, and I think in real life that's true when we, when we do things, you know, you know, physically, yes. Like if you eat poorly and stuff like that, but I, I do feel like, you know, especially like the opium dens and the drugs yeah, and stuff yeah. but not only that just i f- i feel like eventually doing evil bad immoral hurtful things to people i don't know how that couldn't
1: eventually
0: yeah. physically affect you as well
1: yeah, i agree dorian does all kinds of wild shit during this time too mm-hmm. not just like the like opium dens or the immoral things but he has he like studies mysticism darwinism and he devotes himself to studying perfumes and studying music and jewelry and tapestries and embroideries and Mm. he like goes to all these places and experiences all these things and
0: taking advantage of the seeming timelessness of his existence
1: yeah so he's just out here Trying to like mm-hmm. learn it all, see it all, yeah. feel it all, and
0: at this time he is delighting in the ever widening gulf between the beauty of his body and the corruption of his soul. He yeah. isn't really feeling any guilt at this point, right? He, it's just like, whoa, isn't that crazy? Yeah, like,
1: yeah, wow. Like this,
0: he's marvelled by it. Yeah, he's he not. Is. He's, he's not upset by it, by, like he initially was. You know, right. when he felt the the quote-unquote, regret about the way he treated Sybil. It's right. like, that is not happening anymore.
1: No, he's become... He's like, this is cool. Yeah, because, I mean, he refers to it whenever, later when he's talking to Basil as his, mm-hmm. like, a diary of his day. Yeah. Like, his daily life is just yeah. vis- visible there yeah. in that painting. Yeah.
0: But his but. marvel soon turns to terror when then he the idea of, like, someone seeing it... Mm-hmm. Crosses his mind, and then he's like, oh, no, that can't happen. Right. Yeah. It's great for me that this is going on, but, like, no one can see this.
1: Right. And that's when he has, like, a screen that covers it, and Mm -hmm. he moves it into, like, this room in his house that Mm -hmm. is locked, and only he has the key, and he's very, like, paranoid when he leaves his house. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think he locks it up, because at one point, Basil's like, oh, can I exhibit it? And he's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he locks it away. It's like, right. uh, oh, yeah, there's a possibility of someone wanting to see the yeah, no, no no no. So, right. Yeah, he's super paranoid about yeah. it.
1: And then it is basically the eve of his 38th birthday. He runs into Basil on the street at night. Mm-hmm. And Basil is like, "Hey, I got to come over and I got to talk to you." Yeah. So, and Basil is about, like, literally about to get on a train to yeah. go to Paris for, like, a six-month whatever.
0: Like, touring or art a show, art thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he had actually gone to Dorian's house and talked to the butler. Yeah. And he wasn't there, so he was on his way to the train station. That's when he saw Dorian. He's like, we gotta talk. Yeah. They go back to his house. And yeah. it's like, he again, being the good friend that, you know, does the hard thing and is like, listen. Mm-hmm. You're my pal. But mm-hmm. people are saying these awful things. Yeah. Are they true? If they're true, what's going on, man? How is this true? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he also brings up... It's just like... It's not... The person isn't named, but he brings up the young man who committed suicide.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: that's, like, the the fourth one. So you have, like, Sybil, the Him. young man... Basil, and then Alan Campbell, who also kills himself. Yeah. So Basil is basically, yeah, giving him the the what for here. Yeah. Trying to talk sense. Still
0: kind of gently.
1: He's very gentle about
0: it. (laughs) And Dorian
1: is just basically like scoffing at him. Yeah. And Basil says something about wishing he were able to see the man's soul.
0: Yeah. And that's,
1: that's when Dorian's like...
0: Fine, you want to see my soul? (laughs) (laughs) Well, have I got a surprise for you. Come,
1: come. (laughs) Wish granted. (laughs) So he promises to show Basil his Mm -hmm. soul. And uh, what does he say? He notes most people believe only God can see the soul. And Mm -hmm. Basil's like, um, it's really not cool for you to say that. You blasphemer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which... Dorian does not uh, set any store by religion. No, no. So then he um, takes Basil upstairs to the room where he keeps the painting. hmm And uh, he lights a candle, pulls back the curtain, and there it is, the painting in all its hideousness. hmm And at this point, I
0: don't think it's too... No, I guess it's pretty distorted by that point, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, like, it said that Basil, like, recognizes the paint strokes. Yeah. That's what it is. He recognizes, like, the paint strokes and things like that as being his painting. But, like, everything else, yeah. the, the, the the that smirk, you know, and, yeah. and all the other stuff, it's, like, he knows are not things that he put into that painting.
1: Yeah. And he tries to, like, logic it away, mm-hmm. even, like... That maybe the there had been some moisture that had like gotten and yeah. messed with the paints yeah. and um, so he's trying to explain away mm-hmm. what's happening on this yeah. painting. Yes, <laughs> and Dorian's just watching him. Yeah, yeah, with uh, some triumph, mm-hmm. a feeling of I have won. Ha ha!
0: <laughs> That's right. I have,
1: I have gotten
0: you. Yeah, and. Basil's like, how is this possible? And Dorian yeah. reminds me of the day that, you know, he met Lord Henry and, you yeah. know, how Henry made him so worried about his beauty fading that he pledged his eternal soul, you know, to be unblemished. Mm-hmm. And it just happened. Yeah. So. Basil's like, nah. <laughs> This is
1: not good. He's
0: like, this thing is uh, an awful lesson. It's a, this thing's a travesty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: he basically believes that it's his, Basil believes Mm -hmm. that his own like obsession Mm -hmm. with Dorian and his youth and his beauty is what led to this. And now he's being punished for it. Basil himself
0: is being punished. Yeah. Even Sweet Basil is trying to take responsibility on himself.
1: He is. Yeah.
0: It ain't ain't you, boo. You didn't do this.
1: No, you didn't. Um, And unfortunately, you're not going to do anything else either because Dorian is now like, he feels like the hatred in him. He grabs the knife and just dabs basil
0: yeah i think the hatred is for himself but he projects it on basil i I think that's true i I don't know if it's in this moment or later but it's like he's basically like it's your fault you painted this painting you know it's either you or basil whenever he says it but i know there's a moment where it's like he tries to blame basil i'm like get out of here yeah with your blame game yeah look in a mirror because it clearly can't look at your painting and (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you just act foolish but uh, mm. it, look in a mirror. The only person to blame is you, Boo. That's right. But it doesn't matter because he stabby Sebs, Basil. Poor, poor Poor, Basil. sweet, good friend Basil <sighs> oh, yeah. should have gotten on that train.
1: Yep, yep. So at this point, Dorian is like, okay, I got to make sure no one heard anything. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure no one saw Basil in the house. And I have to hide all his shit. Mm-hmm. So he hides all of Basil's stuff. And Dorian leaves his house. Like sneaks us. Sneaky, sneaky. Because <laughs> the butler had gone to bed. Yeah. He did not know that Dorian was even home. Right. So he sneaks out and he comes back and it's like 2.30 or something like that yeah. in the morning. And he rings the bell To wake up the valet to kind of give himself like the alibi and he says, I forgot my latch key Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So that sets up that he got home at Mm 2.30 and he knows that Basil's train was supposed to have left at midnight Yeah, and he thinks he's kind of in the clear here because nobody knew Basil was there. Right. They think he's on his way to Paris. Yeah.
0: So, next morning, though, he still has to deal with the body. So yes, he does. He calls a man named Alan Campbell. who's a, He's a young scientist and a former, I don't know if we should call him a friend, but yeah. someone who was friendly with Dorian and then was, you know, I don't think he was ruined necessarily, but he was right. definitely touched negatively or maybe got away just before it touched him negatively but yeah I don't think it says what happened between him and Dorian but there are some hard feelings for sure yeah but Dorian calls him because you know he thinks hey you're a scientist you know you can, you can help me of dispose of this body so he actually tells him what happened um, but uh he's like you know help me and mm-hmm. the guy's like uh I'd rather not and yeah. so then he's he basically threatens him, like, yeah. you know, okay, well, I'll reveal your deep, dark secret to everybody and it'll ruin your life, you know, so, you know, help me or don't help me. It's like, okay, <laughs> you leave me no choice. I guess I'm yeah. helping you. So um he uses yep. chemistry to dip- dispose of the body. When Dorian arrives back home that evening, it's gone, and the only rem- the remain- remainder is the smell of the nitric acid. And yeah. Once again, his... Sin is erased. It is. Dorian then goes
1: to a dinner party that night. Uh, he tries to act normal, but he is like on edge severely. And Henry obviously notices. Because
0: that, that's all that man does. Yeah, he talks and observes. Yeah.
1: He's so <laughs> observant. And he asked Dorian where he was the night before and Dorian is defensive and he was he was like, I never I never know what I'm doing. You're so you're so inquisitive. You always want to know where I've been and what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just leaves and goes home basically. And it's here then that he decides to burn all of Basil's things in order to just like get rid of all final evidence.
0: And then he's like, I need some opium. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he wants to be alone with his own thoughts. Correct. So he goes to a den to, to do, forget. To do this. Yep. So
1: he goes to the opium dens um, and runs into a young man named Adrian Singleton. Yet
0: another person that he <laughs> ruined their he, life. Yep.
1: Yep. And this man is the scene between. Dorian is like kind of horrified by. Adrian Singleton, because yeah. he's fully, he's a full-blown opium addict yeah. at this point. He yeah. he doesn't seem to have any care at all about anything. Yeah. And him and Dorian are having a conversation, and Dorian is very, like, he can't get it's, away from him fast enough. It's,
0: yeah, it's because it's another mirror of his misdeeds. Exactly.
1: And at this point, a woman who was there addresses him as... Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. And also says the devil's bargain. Yeah, yeah,
0: which I thought was interesting.
1: Interesting. Um, and so whenever the words Prince Charming are said out loud, a young sailor hears them Mm -hmm. and jumps to his feet, and it's of course James Vane. Yep.
0: Hiding in the opium den.
1: So he follows Dorian into the street, grabs him from behind, and has a gun on him.
0: Yeah, he's like, I've been looking for quote-unquote Prince Charming for eight, 18 years? 18 years. And, because uh, I don't know anything about this man, but he caused my sister her life. Yeah. And here you are, time to die. Yeah. And Dorian <laughs> Smooth talks his way out of it. He does. He's it, like, hey. some logic over here.
1: Yeah, he... <laughs> He says he doesn't know Sybil, and then he asks how long ago she died, and James says 18 years, and he's like, look at me.
0: Like how young I am. I'm only... I'm not, I'm
1: not old enough to have committed a murder 18 years ago. I'm but a wee babe. I'm just a young boy. <laughs> um, so the... And then James is like, oh shit, you're right.
0: I let... You know, I, I can't believe I almost yeah, killed he, the
1: wrong man. Yeah. And Dorian kind of like chastises him. <laughs> It's that the ex- goal is so it's so like oh darkly humorous. Yeah, like the nerve. He's like, yeah, you ought to be, you gotta
0: watch yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's so absurd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he oh, <laughs> he makes me so mad.
1: Yeah, but. So he releases Dorian. Dorian's like high tailing it out yeah. of there. Hop, skip, and jumping out of there. <laughs> and the the old woman from the opium den is like. Because James goes back and was yeah. like, wasn't the guy. Yeah. And she's like, he'd been coming in here for 18 years. He looked like that every single year. And James is like, fuck.
0: <laughs> Let him get away. <laughs>
1: Which I am just convinced that that woman is the mother.
0: Yeah, um, the only reason, because when I first brought it up to you, I was like, do you think that she's Sybil? Do you think she's the mom? And because I feel like if it were Sybil, like, and I don't want to spoil the other thing that I'm comparing it to, but there's another thing where a person died, supposedly, by poison, and then, you know, was unrecognizable to others. So Mm -hmm. when she lived, it's like she was crazy, and Mm -hmm. nobody realized it was her. So when that reveal comes, it's obviously a surprise. But I was like, well, maybe that's the same situation here. Maybe Sybil didn't die from the poison. Maybe she just went nuts mm-hmm. and kind of like wandered off to the opium den. Yeah, I guess. And so it's like eighteen years later, he thinks his sister's dead. So he's not looking for her face yeah. in anyone and she would be unrecognizable at this point yeah. after Poisoning, possibly being crazy, and then hooked on drugs. Yeah. So I thought, well, he wouldn't recognize her. I feel like he would recognize his mother unless she kind of went into a descent. Yeah. And he didn't see her for years after being gone in the Navy. I don't know if I said Army earlier. I meant Navy, but military, whatever. But...
1: That was my assumption. Yeah. Because he, in his conversation with dorian before he lets him go he mentioned something about two deaths Mm -hmm. so i think he thinks that his sister and his mom are dead okay so in when i hear that i also i just think that the only people who referred to dorian as prince charming
0: were sybil and her mom right so Only one of them would have known. Right. And I feel like the mom would have more disdain unless, I mean, unless Sybil kind of got a little angry after. But either way, it's one or the other of them and they are off, you know, their rocker enough to not even have that familial connection to Mm -hmm. James. They're not like, oh, P.S., I'm your long lost
1: (laughs) family member. Yeah. But, and the woman says something to James like, he ruined me not uh, these 18 years. Yeah. So around the time right. of Sybil's death right. is when she this woman was right. ruined by him.
0: Unless it's um, someone that he connected up with shortly after shortly Sybil. After. And maybe while doing drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. he admitted what he did. Mm-hmm. And she was horrified by it or something, and then she was disgraced, and then so she clung to that story. That could be a possibility as well. Potentially. If not Sybil or her mother. Yeah. I kinda like the idea of that as well.
1: Yeah. And
0: then it, it makes more sense why he wouldn't recognize her. So yeah, like a woman who was unjustly treated by Dorian and then she kind of latches onto this true like truly terrible injustice that he mm-hmm. did to this other woman. Yeah. Or could, something it could be. It, I feel like it could be all any things. one of those three. It could but be. yeah. But yeah, like I, I feel like the mom is the best contender. But again, I just feel like he would. How do you not know your own mom? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Drugs, but you know, I was gonna say
1: can mark you pretty severely. Yes,
0: and you know, if she poisoned herself too, insanity. Yeah. You know, yeah, kind of thing. So could
1: to all of these things. Are on the table. Yeah,
0: but we we find this woman very interesting, and she's just, she's only in just that bit. Just that bit. That's it. Very, very interesting there. But
1: after, about a week after the encounter with James, Dorian goes to his country estate, Mm -hmm. which is Selby Royal, I think is the title of the estate. Mm. Um, And he thinks he sees James Vane's face through the window.
0: And he is—he faints in terror. Terror. <laughs> yeah, that would be terror, terrifying to me, too. Yeah. As yeah. someone who already unsuccessfully tried to murder me. Yeah. <laughs> was still following me. He's like, crap, my lie didn't work. My lie. Yeah. And then we have some scenes with um, more chit-chat and whatnot yeah. or whatever. And- yeah.
1: Dorian's acting weird. and. Yeah.
0: Uh, Lord Henry is there. Lord Henry's
1: there. and uh, there's a Duchess there. yeah, and they're, you know, de- 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 chatting <laughs> um, And Dorian hides himself away for a few days because he's so paranoid about mm. James Vane. Mm. And then he's like, you know what? i'm gonna I'm just gonna come out of my room, yeah, cause this is boring. Yeah. And he goes shooting.
0: Yeah, they're they're having a chit chat and there's they're on a little hunting wander or whatever. It it makes point to have Dorian note that he sees this rabbit and he thinks it's beautiful or or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's captured by its nature you know, by nature and um and he's like, Oh, don't shoot it. But, you know, in that moment, then you hear a gun go off. But the bunny isn't what gets shot. Some random man gets shot. Yeah. Which, y'all need to work on your aim.
1: For real skis.
0: Shirting. Sh- no, shirting. Shoot- <laughs> <laughs> Shooting. Shooting random men in fields.
1: Yeah. Not cool. No. So, uh, the man is shot. Dorian's, like, sickened. Yeah. He doesn't want to look at the- this person at all, yeah. he, him and Henry, just kind of go. Yeah. And, um...
0: I would think they are like, oh, and that that's so interesting, because you said not to shoot the bunny, but someone got killed anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, Dorian asked about the man who was killed. He assumed him to be a servant of some sort.
0: Yeah, and weirdly, kindly, he's like, you know, I want to give some money to... You know, so his family, his family. isn't without, you yeah. know, I don't want them to be in want because of this tragedy. Mm-hmm. But then they mention, you know, they, you know, oh, yeah, it was actually some sailor. He's like, pardon me, what? scoozy <laughs> Yeah, it was a sailor. And he, he goes and looks and. It's James Vane. It's James Vane. And he feels
1: like full relief here. Yeah. It says he rides home with tears in his eyes, feeling safe.
0: Yeah, I had tears in my eyes after this, too, Dorian, but it was rage. Yep. Tears of rage. What What the ever-loving heck? Yeah. He gets no revenge. He gets just, like, randomly shot yeah. in so a I, field?
1: I guess we could put James at
0: Dorian's
1: feet as well. So that's five yeah. deaths he is directly or indirectly responsible for. Wow, son. Wow. That's serial killing. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) three or more is a serial killer, so you are like fully in the category, yeah. God, God. but yeah, I was, I was
0: mad. I was like, at Oscar Wilde, I was like, why? Why would you just (laughs) he? So he just gets some random shot in the field death, like, why was he laying in the bushes with the bunnies anyway? Was he gonna sneak attack? Dorian, probably. I guess, in front of probably. all these people, because I think he had a gun on him. Yeah, a, yeah, because so he some, probably yeah, was going sure. to sneak attack. It just made me mad. I was like, he didn't even get like, no, it's just like, oh, you you hid in the the grass in the wrong spot. This guy doesn't know how to aim, and you got got instead of the bunny. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was not. I mm, I yep. was not happy about that. I felt the injustice deep in my gut.
1: Yes. <laughs> but it seems weirdly at this point that dorian is having a bit of a change of heart
0: yeah the the death of james vane yeah
1: Maybe weirdly that it's like sparing him you know mm. he james kind of symbolized like death for him yeah and, and it's a, this is a fresh start this is now. A re- he, a That's a death of his old
0: sins or yes. something, so he gets a fresh start yeah. or, so you he, know, whatever he, in his crazy mind.
1: Yeah, so he, he uh, is telling Lord Henry about this mm-hmm. and telling him that he had an opportunity to seduce and defile an innkeeper's daughter and didn't. Yeah,
0: yeah, because some more time has passed since more the has passed. James' yeah. death and... and he was like, you know, oh, I, I've been good, and Henry's like, oh, like where, where, where were you? He's like, oh, I was in the country, and Henry's like, it's easy being good in the country. Yeah, <laughs> what else is there to do but be good? <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I've been like scoffing at him, like you really think you held off on temptation? You were in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Psh- but then he's like, Well, I could have I could have been with this girl and I didn't. Yeah. So his restraint there is his reformation. Let me just slow clap for you, pal. <laughs> but Henry seeing right there, he's like, Oh yeah, but you probably have you heard about Alan Campbell? Well not only but before that he's like, Oh, but you probably like broke her heart and gave her, you know, the yeah. story and then just like whisked away. Yeah. And he's like, Well, I mean, I'm sure she's not that broken hearted. <laughs> Henry's like, well, you, you ba- basically, he's like, you've given her a taste of, of upper class greatness. So now any husband she takes is going, is going to, to be pale it, in
1: comparison,
0: unsatisfactory. Like, and she's just, she will never be fulfilled now. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, AKA, you think you did this good thing, but you ruined her life anyway. So he's just, like, completely stealing Dorian's, (laughs) like, da-da-da-da, I'm triumphant, I was a good boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so virtuous. Right. Well, and then Dorian also is like, "Uh, maybe I only did that nice thing to make myself feel better, not because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But I thought it would help absolve me. Right. And that begs that question of, and I don't even know that it was really what you would categorize as a good deed, but leading someone on and then ditching them. But, um, you know, if a good deed is done with selfish intentions, is Mm. it in fact then still a good deed?
1: Yeah, I think that is. A question without an answer. Yeah. Because the deed in and of itself stripped away of intent. Yeah. it is it helping someone genuinely? Right. You know, like feeding the hungry. Right. right? Or donating to the poor or whatever. Right. There are people that are getting that benefit no matter right. what. Right. But does do those actions... Make someone a good person, right? Calls the intent into question, right? So. And then
0: there's that whole like, is any good deed selfless? Because you know, yeah, you're always doing it to feel like you've done something good or whatever. So right. that's another like yeah. layer to that. But yeah, I there's agree a with whole you. Friends episode. I was about gonna that. say there's a Friends <laughs> episode about it, and I don't watch it. You know, I, I I don't even know that I've ever gone back and like rewatched the whole series. Just like caught it on tv or whatever yeah. every once in a long while it's been a long time but that episode stuck out to me yeah when thinking about these things
1: yeah i mean i i do kind of think that good deeds specifically like charity work blah, blah blah i do think that um all of it has an element of self-gratification yeah yeah. I don't think that's negative. No. Yeah. I, but I do think it exists. Yeah. I think there are selfless acts, yeah. but those are different than good deeds. Good deeds. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So
0: yeah. I mean, you know. But I don't know. Yeah. It just made it just made me think of that. But yeah. then yeah, after all that like dashing is like <laughs> Yeah, you think you did a good thing, <laughs> Not really? Oh, okay. Also, did you hear about <laughs> Alan Campbell? Your old friend Alan Campbell—he killed himself. Ooh, another slash in your uh, pumped-up self-assuredness today. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> what about Basil? Yeah, where's he? Yeah, disappeared. Dorian's like, they're not—they're not bored of talking about that. It's been like six months. <laughs> yeah,
1: but Dorian does something weird here and asks Lord Henry if he's ever considered. If Basil may have been murdered. Mm -hmm. And this is that element of people who commit crimes liking to, in a sense, go back to the scene of the crime, Mm -hmm. like relive the crime. Yeah. So
0: that's a... Or this is like him begging to be caught.
1: Right. Yeah. So, and Henry kind of dismisses it because Basil didn't really have any enemies. Yeah. He's like, why would anyone want to murder him. Yeah. And then Dorian's like, Well what if I'd murdered him? He's like, You're not capable.
0: Yeah. He like it's, throws it yeah. right off. <laughs>
1: He's like, you're too vulgar for that. Yeah. Or that's too vulgar for you. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So
0: okay. Yeah. For as observant as Henry is That one went right over his head. Right over right over <laughs> his head. Yeah. He was too busy pondering his next philosophical statement. And he just yeah. he just missed it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly but now we're at like the the conclusion yeah we're here at at the tipping point yeah and dorian is going up to look at the painting he's expecting it to be different like better
0: because better. he did this good thing
1: because he didn't seduce and defile an <laughs> innocent young woman But I
0: restrained myself.
1: Yeah, he's expecting to see some improvement on the painting.
0: Maybe not completely, but he thinks there should be just a smidgey. He's been watching this
1: painting change for so long that even the tiniest change he would notice. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at it, and it uh, is not changed. Nope. nope.
0: Not for the better, at least. Nope. And we forgot to mention, after he uh, killed Basil, there was like a huge red... Yeah bloody like, drip yeah. on his hand, mm-hmm. right? His hands. Or whatever. And I think it, not that it was necessarily worse, but, like, he does mention, like, the, the pool of red, you know, yeah. and, and still noticing it and everything like that in that yeah. moment when he's hoping that it would be better. Yeah. And then that's when he's kind of questioning, like, you know, did I even really do a good thing? My motivations yeah. were... For my own redemption you know yeah. so he's even putting into question like his intentions and mm. and then he's kind of like well if i get rid of this painting then maybe that'll absolve me of all my sin maybe yeah. if i just destroy this thing it will be over with yeah. yeah
1: and in a sense he's right
0: he is he is
1: right he is right he he grabs a knife is I think it's the same it's knife the same he killed Vassal with. Yep, and he stabs the painting, mm-hmm. and he dies. Yep, and the painting reverts back to its original, unblemished state.
0: Yeah, and the only reason the people in the house they they hear the sound, mm-hmm. and they come running, and the only reason they recognize that the old. wrinkled Wrinkled person on the floor is Dorian because of the rings on his hands. Yeah. And then the painting is unblemished and back to its full glory. And Dorian Mm -hmm. has the knife in his chest. Yeah. Now I don't think that he knew that it would kill him. I think he just thought if I destroy this thing, then I can have a fresh start.
1: I think so too.
0: Um, Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't think, um, I don't think he had any any intention of actually like killing killing himself.
0: himself. And I think that this is the closest that he gets to remorse, though I don't know how full and genuine it is, but I do think this is the closest he gets to, if you even call it that. I still don't know if he has full remorse or if he's just, like, clamoring for ways to, like, get rid of his guilt guilt and the the visual of the things that he has done. Yeah, I think... He just yeah. he just wants to start over. He does.
1: He wants to be free of the things that he's done. Yeah. He just doesn't want that burden anymore. Right. And I don't uh I I don't know that he feels remorse, but I do think he's come to a point of self awareness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, self awareness for sure. So. I think that he like starts the story as very petulant. Like yeah. he just behaves He's
1: just a rich, young, basically child. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then he gets just very selfish and I feel like any moments of self-awareness or awareness of his actions is very fleeting. Right. Um. But I, yeah, I think that At that very end, it's acceptance of his actions, but not necessarily still taking full responsibility. Yeah. And all throughout, he's like, Lord Henry, it's Lord Henry's fault. Mm -hmm. He put all these thoughts in my head. He gave me that book. Basil made that painting. Mm -hmm. He was always looking to throw the blame elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think he misses a key point of understanding Lord Henry as a person because Mm. he fails to recognize that while all of these things that Lord Henry says has influenced Dorian and Dorian's actions, Lord Henry himself is not doing any of those things. Mm -hmm. He's not living that life of constantly seeking pleasure over Mm -hmm. everything else. Mm
0: -hmm. And if he is seeking pleasure or whatever he's
1: doing it very discreetly he's doing it at a much lesser degree like yeah. he's not frequenting the
0: opium dens no he's not disgracing those who come he, in yeah. contact with him he has
1: no rumors flying around about him he's mm-hmm. not marred by any
0: sort of um like controversy yeah. or scandal i mean him and he, he does mention him and his wife finally getting a divorce mm-hmm. but that's as scandalous yeah. as it gets yeah for him
1: yeah yeah so and so he's a bachelor at this point, yeah. you know. yeah.
0: I mean, and he's still not living this debaucherous right, carnival Yeah, <laughs> that, that Dorian's been. Exactly.
1: So I think Dorian using that as a crutch is just really it's just him trying to place blame, yeah. knowing that it is only his fault. Yes, yeah. So but yes. that is. The uh that's the end of the book. That's it. That's it. There's so many things about this book that you can like just parse out. And yes, yes, split, just like hyper analyze. And
0: there are some things that we glossed over, but that was that's the, the those are the main hits. the main if you will the main hits.
1: So yeah, it's 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 a good one, but it's not for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it has, it has a lot of different themes and, like, even above what we talked about, there's so many different other topics for that you could have lengthy discussion about. Like, yeah. the purpose of art and the consequences of influence, the supremacy of youth and beauty, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, there's tons of symbol, symbolism um, in all the different things. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of meat in in this, and I think you know there's a ton, there's a ton of scholarship on this book. Like you're gonna get that with most classics mm-hmm. because they're they've been around for so long. Yeah, and any college course you're you're gonna do units yeah. on the classics. Well, so. and
0: especially his prose, the the way that he writes and everything, and then also. Having a character that constantly comments on society and, and mm-hmm. human nature and personal nature and thoughts and, you know, just – I mean, just Henry's character alone is – you know, says so many things that you could debate and discuss. Like, each individual phrase could be its own talking point. Like Exactly. (laughs) It's it's wild. It's
1: very wild.
0: Plus, then you have Dorian, then you have Basil. Like, so there is, I mean, there is so much more that could be dug into and discussed on Mm -hmm. this. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I personally don't think, for me, that chasing frivolity and beauty is is worth that level of sacrifice that he is willing to pay me Mm, personally not something i would be willing to do (laughs) but i believe that there are people out there that that are and do (laughs) yeah i i agree um
1: i i feel like um yeah it's not uh worth it no and i think aging is lovely Mm -hmm. I feel like at 20 you don't you still kind of look a little bit like a child Mm -hmm. I think that about myself specifically Mm -hmm. like the way I looked at 20 and the way I look at 33 I feel like I look more like myself at 33 it's also an element of being comfortable
0: yeah yeah comfortable in your own skin like you know I'm I'm 35. Like, when I was looking – now looking at pictures of myself in my 20s, I was a fool. Like, I would look at pictures of myself then and think I was ugly and that I was, you know, heavier set than I wanted to be and all these horribly critical things. Yeah. And now at 35, I look back and I'm like, wow, I was really thin. Wow, I was so young. Oh, mm-hmm. I was pretty. And it yeah. just made me think it's like, why – am I going to continue to do that to myself? It's like, because in another 10 years, I'll be like, wow, in my 30s, I was smoke show. Yeah. So I've just, I feel like I've reached a sense of self-understanding and, you know, it feels a bit like maturity as well, where I can look at myself and say, yes, I may have gained weight, I might look a little different in different ways or, you know, there may be still aspects that I'm like, oh, I'm not as thrilled with. But it's like, you know, I try and appreciate what I, not only just who, what I look like now, but I also feel like I'm a more developed person. I'm more comfortable in the person than I am. Mm-hmm. In my 20s, early and mid to late, it's like I was still figuring out who I was as a person mm-hmm. and was very timid to be more firm on the things that I felt and believed. And I just feel so much more solid as being Whitney. Like, I feel like I know myself better now. Mm -hmm. And I want to be kind to myself, you know, more so than I was when I was younger. Because all that criticism, you know, all that criticism didn't do me any good. You know, it was just It negatively impacted me. So it's like, I just want to appreciate the now, whether it's Mm -hmm. me now, me when I'm 45, me when I'm 55, you know, I, I just, it's just better to enjoy the life you are in now rather than wishing for what you had or what you could have, you know? Yeah, I agree. Totally. All this stuff that Dorian did to experience and live life and blah, 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 like, At any point, was he ever satisfied or happy?
1: No, is really
0: the answer. Because
1: if he, at any point, found something that fulfilled him, he wouldn't have felt the need to continue. Right. So, he was constantly searching for something that he probably couldn't identify Mm -hmm.
0: and never found. Yeah. So... Oh, just added a layer of tragedy that I did not even think about before. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's one that can just keep on going. Yeah. I think that's why I personally love it so Mm -hmm. much. It's just every time I read it, I have like something else Mm -hmm. that comes up for me. Yeah. Like the theory that I have about. Sybil's death and how it affects Dorian the rest of the story I literally just had that thought listening to the audiobook today yeah yeah and I this is probably the
0: fourth or fifth time I've read this book yeah yeah so I will say like after reading and actually after discussing it even like my score of it would go up like my in has increased just from, like, thinking about the things that you can discuss and talk about and, and all that stuff. Um, and first even when I was, like, writing it, I, like, my brain was like, this one is kind of like 1984 for me. It's like mm-hmm. there were moments that I just wasn't enjoying or that were just rubbed me wrong kind of thing. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like there were parts that really made you think or that were interesting I do think that at least like the middle of 1984 was like enjoyable to read. And like Mm -hmm. in, in the Dorian Gray story, like it has parts of it that are interesting to read and you want to keep reading, but it also has like some, not lulls, but like I said, for me, I I was to a point where I was like, okay, enough pompous talking, but they both, yeah, they just, they're kind of like on the same like level for me. It's like, I didn't, 100% 100% enjoying them the entire time but they really are like good they are good books they have really cool moments or parts to them and just just super interesting to dissect even yeah. if all of it isn't good or hopeful or enjoyable or made me mad yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I put my rating as fifteen, not a
0: five. <laughs> I I did, uh, I did a three point five, which I think I gave nineteen eighty four three point five or four, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would back that down to maybe a three point five. And it's not, but it's hard for me to rate things because I feel like if I did enjoy it or it's really thought provoking, then I want to give it like a higher score than a three. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, but all you have left is four or five and I gave like Lord of the Ring or uh, The Hobbit like a four and a half so I'm like well is a four too much if I did have moments where I wasn't fully enjoying it like but I I have a hard time giving things a two or a one like I gave Verity like a two and a half I think Mm -hmm. you know but like I guess maybe I'm just lucky and I haven't read any twos or ones but I feel like a lot of things (laughs) I rate are like a three and a half But that's just how I feel, okay?
1: It's, yeah,
0: it's perfectly. Especially out of five. You only have five options. Yeah,
1: I mean, honestly, (laughs) they should give you ten, the option of giving it out of ten.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're already cheating by giving it half measures. Yeah, which is not allowed
1: on Goodreads.
0: Right. Goodreads, I need you to allow half point
1: Literally, if you pull up any book and look at the reviews, there are, So many that will put their rating with the half star in there because they, because it's different. A three and a three and a half are different.
0: To me, a three is like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. Three and a half says, there were things I didn't like, but I'm, it grew on me. There's Mm -hmm. more to this than just I read it, you know? Four
1: is I liked it, and five is I loved it. Yes. And four and a half is, I had a couple nitpicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's approaching love. It's just not quite there. Right. Yeah.
0: Two I, is like I don't necessarily regret reading it, but it wasn't fun. And then yeah. one is like I hated that trash. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe
0: zeros. I hated that trash. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think for a lot of people I've seen will do one. It would be didn't finish. Two, oh yes. Two is finished, didn't like. Yeah. Three is it was okay, liked it. Four is really liked it, and five is loved it. Yeah, I like that. So I I always kind of think in that term, Yeah. although yeah. there are very, very few books that I've don't finish yeah so that one doesn't especially if we're when we're talking like books that we're reading for the show we're gonna finish them or we're not gonna do them
0: right oh man can you i i wouldn't respect me being like i'm gonna talk about this and give you my opinion but i didn't finish it right yeah (laughs) that just doesn't feel no it feels so
1: wrong so um that kind of has to skew a little Mm -hmm. for us for these purposes but generally speaking one is just like absolute trash right would not have finished this right if i wasn't covering yeah it. if i didn't have to yeah. yeah
0: i think that yeah that would be uh i begrudgingly finished it yeah. two was it was fine yeah three was i liked it four really liked it five love it yeah yeah essentially if and there then were- zero I, I would burn this in a barrel.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: This should not exist anymore.
1: This one needs to go <laughs> away. Um, but yeah, I, I think I rated Verity at two. Yeah. Because I did not yeah. enjoy it at all
0: yeah I almost I think I almost gave it a three because as we discussed like it had a readability like you Mm -hmm. wanted to constantly be reading it but there was just too many problems with the plot and all that stuff so I think I would reduce my because I think I said two and a half to three I would definitely say it's a two and a half if not a two yeah there it did have redeeming qualities but Uh, more often i was just like i just want to know what happens rather than i kept reading because i was super interested right yeah that's
1: i think that's that's the yeah difference for me it was i'm not interested Mm -hmm. i just wanted just at this point want to know
0: yeah yeah
1: if i'm right about my predictions right it was self-serving
0: (laughs) <laughs> and no one can be right about their predictions on that book because the ending didn't make sense. Anyway. Correct. <laughs> our next novel is going to be Where the Crawdads Sing. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, um, if you've read it, awesome.
0: Yeah. If you haven't. If you
1: haven't, now is your time because yeah. it will be, um, I mean, at least a week, if not more. Yeah between now and the next.
0: Yeah, so you've got you got to I read that book I think in three evenings. Yeah, or so. And um, I'm not particularly a fast reader, but I did mm-hmm. carve out time to make sure I read it.
1: Yeah, I listened to the audiobook so and I only listen to audiobooks at work or in the car. Mm-hmm.
0: And that, that was a cleaning. pretty fast. That one was pretty fast cuz yeah. I I also did the audiobook for the pod yeah. to re mind my, myself refresh so yeah i'll probably
1: give it an I, I might actually sit down and read the physical book before we actually get to that one but
0: if you need it um, you can borrow mine if you don't want to think, buy it
1: i think i have it on my kindle i think it's on kindle unlimited Noise. i think
0: cuz as um, we said before you know kindle physical book listening just consume books we don't yeah, care how we don't we ain't, we ain't judging we're only judging the book. We're not judging you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, if you have read Dorian Gray and you have thoughts or theories, yeah. this is like one of our first ones that kind of has a little left up to interpretation. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a theory. Um, Throw it our way. Send it our way via email or DM. Yeah. We're very interested yeah. to hear what you have to say.
0: Give us a, r- a rate. Or a review,
1: yeah. So you can rate us on Apple Pods and on Spotify,
0: five stars preferably, but you know, yeah. go with your heart, <laughs> go with your
1: heart <laughs> and soul.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah,
1: that's the conclusion of this episode, yeah. and um, I feel like we pulled out all the scholar stops in this one. We got, we got. Academic, straight <laughs> up in this one. <laughs> I think this one and 1984 have been like our two academics.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel smart, or I don't know. <laughs> o- have D- a D- yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, <sighs> okay, so until next time, remember to influence a person. Is to give them one's own soul. So just read books instead.
0: Yeah. Don't be <laughs> don't be doing all that. Read we, books.
1: We've seen the influence. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.